Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman Hagman Report for today. It is it is uh, Wednesday, actually. <laughs> yeah, I had to think myself there for a second. It's uh, February fifteenth, twenty seventeen. Uh, the reason I started out with the date is because it's important. I want I want everyone to make sure they understand uh, the significance of today in terms of the news. The war against uh, the people is really is, is started. And, uh, this program is going to be about just that. Uh, I, the first half hour, the first segment of this show, I'm going to be talking directly about the, uh, situation with respect to the deep state shadow government drawing blood, that, uh, drawing blood against Donald Trump. Uh, and then of course we're going to bring on George Webb. If you don't know who George Webb is, folks, you're, you're in for a real, interesting show a real treat for you george webb is a is a researcher uh you might know him from his internet youtube uh exposure uh, where is eric braverman and uh, i think we're up to 100 a day 115 or something i i don't know uh but that deals with the clinton foundation uh the clinton foundation dine core the uh the situation in Haiti and so many other things. I had the privilege of speaking with Mr. Webb off air today and the, the information he's going to bring to the table is significant. And then of course, uh, Pastor David Langford, uh, will be on in the third hour. But, uh, here's what I want to start off with right now. Um, by the way, uh, Eric, we're showing offline. Is it offline or are we online on YouTube? Okay. All right. Just, uh, just had to make sure that we we're okay. All right. Yeah. I guess we are. All right. That's good. New people, uh, for, for the new listeners and viewers, we, of course, we broadcast every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Also YouTube Live. Our BTR feed apparently is down as well. If you, if you think I'm a little bit discombobulated before the show, we had a little bit of a situation that, uh, uh, our BTR feed apparently is down, so we'll populate that after the show tonight. Um, don't forget, folks, we've got two separate websites. We've got HagmanReport.com, and we've got HagmanAndHagman.com. The latter, of course, is for the show access, and Hagman Report is the website where you go for all of the information that's important. Um, now, the uh, what we're seeing today, I think, I think everyone has pretty much... I don't know if you're tired of, of hearing about this. Are you tired of hearing about this? But, but by the way, I forgot to, I forgot to add that, uh, uh, Joe's off tonight. He, he'll be back tomorrow. He's, he had to take care of some personal business tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, I, are, are you tired of hearing about what the, what is being talked about with respect to Flynn, uh, General Michael Flynn, that whole situation? Well, the intent, folks. And I will say this, the intent is to destabilize our government by domestic sources from within. That is the story. Despite what Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, might 
want you to otherwise believe, along with uh, his sidekick, Mika Brzezinski. Uh, the story is not about the conversation. In other words, it's not about Michael Flynn. The story is about how it's being presented to the American people and the coup that's taking place right now. Just to address this, I, I, what I will do is I will address the situation with respect to General Flynn, give you a timeline as to what took place for those unfamiliar or a little bit shaky on the facts. Of course, we had uh, we had the election in November, Trump assembling his team together, including his national security advisory team that included Michael Flynn. It was on Christmas Day that Michael Flynn spoke with the, his Russian counterpart. And that conversation, of course, uh, was with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. That took place on Christmas Day. It's important for everyone to really understand what happened here. Four days later, Obama announced the sanctions on Russia. Why? Of course, it was the allegations that Russia interfered with or influenced the elections here in the United States. Again, four days later. It was on January 15th of this year when Pence, Vice President Pence, appeared on Face of the Nation. And then um, five days after that, of course, January 20th, we saw the inauguration. So understand, these are key moments in in the timeline of the Flynn story. Where it gets kind of, where it gets a little bit, uh, shaky, a little bit dicey is it was on January 26th when Sally Yates, the acting, uh, Attorney General, Department of Justice Attorney General, uh, informs, it was on that day when she informed Trump and Trump's team that there might be a conflict between Vice President, Vice President Pence's stated TV version which or was told by Flynn uh, and what Intel uh, community uh, what Intel what the Intel community communicated to Yates that Flynn actually said so in other words you, you've got Sally Yates saying to Trump hey you know I just want to save you a little bit of trouble Flynn might not be telling you the whole story to Pence and just so you're not embarrassed, because Michael Pence is out re- retelling or relating the conversation from Flynn, we don't. I, we don't. We, we certainly wouldn't want you to get caught up in, in a scandal of, of any type. Sally Yates, Department of Justice. Now remember, this is under Obama still, with respect to Yates, her involvement in uh, monitor, or at least her involvement with monitoring the uh, uh, the situation prior to the inauguration. But on January 26th, Yates had contacted Trump, the Trump administration, the people six days after the inauguration. The following day, the White House counsel began to investigate the discrepancy. This was at uh, the Department of Justice insistence. Now, at some point in time, the White House counsel, and the, in conjunction with the Department of Justice, sometime subsequent to the 27th of January, began their investigation. They found no violation of law, certainly nothing that would even come close to a violation of the Logan Act or anything like that. 
nothing was found where Flynn communicated anything of substance to the Russian ambassador. The legal issue was subsequently removed. There was no legal issue. The issue was, or became, did Michael Flynn mislead Vice President, the, the President and the Vice President and key White House staff on the content of the communications themselves? Well, that, that became this, this cover-up without a crime, in the words of Charles Krauthammer, until February 13th, when, in fact, Flynn resigned, two days ago. It appears today to have reached critical mass in the press, which is why today, February 15th, 2017, I wanted to just set this date, because this now appears to have reached critical mass. You've got the Intel community, members of the Intel community, stating that they want to go nuclear against the Trump administration. You've got members of the media, including Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, uh, and Mika Brzezinski, calling for basically the heads of Trump and everyone else. The only thing I've got to say to Mika Brzezinski is, uh, look at your father. And as far as Joe Scarborough, the only thing I've got to say to him is Lori Klazudis, who was found dead in Scarborough's office on July 20th, 2001. You got your own problems. The intent, however, and, and this is what I want to convey right now to, to everyone who thought, who everyone who believed that this was, the, that we were going to have smooth sailing after the election of Donald Trump. That's the, the, the that's absolutely incorrect. To everyone, to every non-never Trump, to every never Trump person, my message to you is you have blood on your hands to put us where we are right now. There's a coup taking place inside our government, but not the coup, the mass, the, the, the uh, Illuminati-controlled mass media want you to believe that that they are depicting. It's much more nefarious and is holding our own system of governance hostage. It does beg the question at this moment, who is running things behind the scene? Who is part of the, the shadow government, the deep state? We can see, and I did a video on this earlier this week, we could see Obama in the background as he created Organizing for America, again, which is an offshoot of two previous iterations of the same group. But now he's running a shadow government behind the scenes. And I spoke about my last video, I spoke about the 32,525 foot soldiers we have, uh, or they have, as well as the, uh, uh, Ties to various groups, just a number of uh, various groups. Organizing for America is the umbrella for a number of socialist groups, and the money that that's being created. 
or that's that's being uh, collected by Organizing for America. The backstory, as I indicated in my previous video, on October 3rd, there was a Podesta email dump, and that, of course, gave birth to, to Pizzagate, what is known as Pizzagate. Um, of course, the citizen journalist ran with that. Mike Flynn, Mike Flynn Jr., both had sent tweets about that. December 4th, Mike Flynn Jr. sent a tweet about uh, Pizzagate and on and on. Mike Flynn, the general, also had retweeted a tweet about Pizzagate. The, what, what really sealed the deal for me in terms of looking at the entire situation and, and knowing that this is not about some alleged Russian propping up Russia for anything is on February 13th, just two days ago at 11.18 p.m., and I do talk about this in the video, uh, Philippe Reigns sent a tweet. Philippe Reigns is the former uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State. Sent a tweet that said, Dear Mike Flynn and Mike Flynn Jr., what goes around comets around. And given your uh, pizza obsession, look to Domino's. And, of course, there's a link to Domino's. XO Philippe. Now, you have to understand who Philippe Reigns is, his position with Hillary Diane Rodham, the Yak Clinton. And, of course, Hillary Clinton retweets that at 12.41 yesterday morning, along with a snarky statement that, uh, you know, Philippe's got a different way of saying things, but essentially retweeting what Philip Rain, Philippe Reigns had said. And I did a video about that. There's a connection there. What we're seeing right now, however, is, and I've taken a lot of notes, I've, I've done a lot of research today, I've talked to a lot of a lot of contacts, and I've talked to one source in particular inside the Beltway who said that the there's a full-scale frontal, full-frontal assault against Donald Trump. Trump, of course, is the ultimate prize. The, the deep state, the shadow government, wants to take Trump out completely by any means necessary. And remember that that term, by any means necessary. There is actually an organization out there, by any means necessary, or BAM it's the, is the acronym. It's a socialist group, social justice warriors. Again, all of these under the umbrella of Obama. But what we're seeing here is a collective effort by the Obama, by the Obama, Hillary Clinton, um, foot soldiers within the White House. And, and the, 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 well, before I get into that, well, to, to take down the United States government from within. The issue, again, is not the phone conversation between Flynn and the Russian ambassador. But who released the information to the media? In this case, where did it come from? If you look at, if you dissect the, the how this all came out, it first came out in the Washington Post and then the New York Times. So what is the Washington Post? But the mouthpiece for certain elements within the CIA. When you start connecting the dots, you can see the criminal elements within the CIA dumping information to the Washington Post. It's important to understand that. There's a, a, a very cozy connection 
between the criminal elements within the CIA and within government in general with the Washington Post and the New York Times. I just want everyone to understand that. The media, the, the mainstream media, that's where this is at. Then we have Obama expanding, and, and this is a, this is something else that we need to take a look at. Obama expanded the surveillance powers of the NSA before he left office. He did two things of significance relative to Flynn and the takedown, attempted takedown of Trump. He did two things. The first thing was, the first thing he did was expand the powers of the NSA by executive order. And the second thing he did was impose sanctions upon Russia on December 29th. But all of this took place, everything we're seeing right now took place during the transition period. To think for a moment that this has never happened in the past. If you go back to 1984, there was that election. Ted Kennedy actually had direct dialogue with, the, at that time, the Soviet Union in, in support of Walter Mondale. Okay? Crazy as it sounds. Now, you talk about a potential violation of the Logan Act. Go back and look at that. Or you talk about some criminal intent, look at that. But here we are in the transition period between the winning of the election and Inauguration Day. You've got all of the Obama team in the White House. All of the Obama's, all of the Obama team still in the Pentagon, still at Foggy Bottom at the State Department, still in the CIA and then the FBI. And the Department of Justice, you've got all of the Obama people, and they're laying the foundation for the coup in which we find ourselves today. Again, the issue is not the phone conversation between between Flynn and the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, but who released the information to the media. It's also who authorized our domestic resources, our domestic assets, to monitor not the foreign communication of the, the Russian ambassador, but the domestic communication that would fall under FISA. You may say, well, wait a minute, there's no difference. It wouldn't matter. The information is going to be collected anyway. There is a distinction here. The fruit of this investigation, in quotation marks, came not from a legitimate surveillance operation of foreign entities and individuals based on my source, based on my investigation, the fruit of this investigation came from domestic spying on not the foreign entities, but the domestic individuals such as Mike Flynn and other members of the Trump transition team and those already in place with Trump. Again, it's important to remember Obama and his staff still in the White House when these introductory calls were made. So we have we have the objective by the deep state. What's the objective by the deep state? Use 
the Obama assets that were already embedded within the U.S. government to undermine the Trump administration. And how many times have I said the enemies of the state want to delegitimize the Trump presidency? Now that's all you hear on the media. That's the objective. By what method? By any means necessary. And certainly many people, and this is something that is just mind-blowing, many people are actually calling calling for the assassination of Trump. But the method leak highly classified and sensitive documents to friendly media for their spin and widespread dissemination. And this is what we see. The actors, the people involved, who are the deep state? Who are these actors? Who are the people responsible? Obama? Certainly those under his tutelage. We can take a look at a few things led overtly by Obama's Organizing for America and other shadow resources. Okay, The overt aspect of Obama's attempted coup. Organizing for America. There's a more covert architecture that exists within the government, even to this day, even as of today, February 15th, 2017. And if Trump does not, and his people, if they don't clean house, if they don't drain the swamp, they may not make it. But when you look at the Flynn situation, it's very easy because only a very small group of people had access to the documents that were disseminated to the Washington Post or the yeah the Washington Post and the New York Times well who are they John Brennan of the CIA it's number 1 you have uh you have the uh, Loretta Lynch from the Department of Justice. You have FBI Director Comey. And also with the Department of Justice, the now former Deputy Department of Justice, uh, Sally Yates. The material that was, that was, that was disseminated was designated as compartmentalized special access material. So the suspect pool into what we're talking about is limited. That's assuming, of course, this was done via FISA under a domestic surveillance operation that Obama set and widened before his departure. And how many people... The New York Times reported on Obama's parting gift with the NSA. But it made no bumps in the road. We reported on it right right after it was done, but very few agencies, in fact, none of the media really, that's the New York Times maybe, and I'm not sure who else, but it was very quiet. He gave the NSA broader powers. Less oversight, and this is how, in one case, they took over, they, they took this over. This is a big deal, folks. I, I want everyone to know how big of a deal this is, because it is not Flynn. They were after Flynn. That's fine. They wanted him out of the way. 
I, personally, I'm not professionally and, and knowing what I know about the deep state and such, uh, you know, I'm not really a big fan of Flynn for a lot of reasons, but okay. I would accept him as Trump's pick. They're after Trump. Now the Flynn's out of the way. Kellyanne Conway, perhaps next. Steve Bannon, absolutely. Sean Spicer, that's a given. But as somebody had said, and I'm not sure who, the entree is Donald Trump. And you've got Hollywood complicit in this with the media. You've got everyone working against the established presidency or the presidency of Donald Trump. Folks, we are in a civil war. There's a coup going on right now in our government. And it's being led from behind by Obama and the Clinton criminal cabal. Please understand that. This is serious. We have never, in my view, I don't think that, I don't think we've ever been in this position in modern history. Perhaps with the Kennedy assassination and before that maybe 1860. But right now, this is the most, in my view, this is the most dangerous time in American history because you have people cloaking themselves under this banner of patriotism going after Trump on the basis that Russia was involved, the foundations, Russia was involved in hacking our elections. There's there's absolutely no truth to that. The statement that everyone accepts is all 17 of our uh, intelligence agencies had had stated as much. Where's the proof? There is none. Yet, yet, you've got the media promoting this. And when you look at this in its totality, you have Hillary Clinton, who was so reckless with their, with their state secrets, so reckless with the special access, uh, uh, compartmental access documents. And nothing was done. It's only going to get worse. Ladies and gentlemen, just buckle up because there is so much more to come. Now, George Webb is coming up. He's going to give us a good look into DynCorp, into the Clinton Foundation, into things that you, well, you, you got to hear. It's all relevant to what's going on today. If you've never heard of George Webb, go to our website, click on the link to his YouTube channel. We'll be right back. Stay right there. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. 
Kirkus Review states, readers of end times fiction will be hard pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. Uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, Doug Hagman. Oh, I'll tell you, so proud to be part of your lives. Thanks for inviting us into your living rooms, your cars, your lives, and uh, we really appreciate that. We've got a very, we've got a tremendous guest lined up for you, uh, George Webb. That's George Webb. If you go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link. That'll take you to his YouTube channel. George Webb is an intrepid investigator. I learned about him, uh, I don't, I don't know, just a number of months ago when I stumbled across one of his videos. It was like day uh, 12, where is Eric Braverman? And I thought, wait a minute, who is Eric Braverman and why should I really care? Well, Eric Braverman, uh, was the former Yale educated CEO of the Clinton Foundation. And apparently Eric Braverman to my dismay, was missing. So I started watching the videos by George Webb, and I watched and I watched and I watched, and my goodness, there's something there. And and then that got me interested in the Clinton Foundation. Of course, I was always interested in the Clinton Foundation with the Misties, the the money, Haiti, etc., 
and Clinton Cash, written by, uh, uh, who was it, Peter Schweikert, I believe it is, is, is uh, read that book. Uh, and so, so I started putting, connecting some dots, and I realized just how, just how, just how, what a criminal enterprise the Hillary, or the Clinton Foundation was. You know, you think you know, but until you hear it explained by George Webb, you really don't know. So, here's a couple of things before we get to our guest. Number one, folks, please, I, I'm asking you, no, I'm begging you, here's what you need to do. You need to go and please go to HagmanReport.com, bookmark Hagman Report, but also do one other thing. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's number one. And number two, I want you to go to George Webb on the Internet. You link right off of our site and bookmark his YouTube channel. But don't just book or, you know, yeah, subscribe, that is, his YouTube channel. But don't just subscribe to it. Begin watching his videos. And you will see what a, what a really intrepid investigator, you'll see the fruits of an intrepid, tenacious investigator. He's been cited widely across the internet through his, by, or about his investigative work about the Clinton Foundation, Braverman, DynCorp, Haiti, and so on. That's who George Webb is. And he agreed to come on tonight. So, do, please, do those two things. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, but also subscribe to and watch George Webb's videos about Braverman and all of the offshoots that he has done. Without any further ado, George Webb, well, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report, sir. It's it's a real uh, pleasure, Doug. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, I'll tell you what, it's it's a pleasure to have you. I, I've been, as I said, I've referenced you on air a couple of times. I've, uh, in fact, I've uh, sent your videos off to a number of people, and I've referenced you in videos I've done myself, your investigative work product. So, it's uh, it's an honor to have you, uh, George. Where do you want to start uh, with respect to? Well, why don't you give people just a little bit, a little bit about about yourself and how you began to investigate Braverman, the Clinton Foundation, and how you kind of got where you're at. Well, I'm just a citizen journalist. I, I got a business degree from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, so I don't have any journalism training. Um, but uh, this guy goes missing, as you mentioned, and uh, I didn't think too much of it. But then he made a uh, uh, the third guy of WikiLeaks died uh, on October 23rd last year. And the next morning, uh, there was a rumor that this Eric Braveman, head of the Clinton Foundation, ex-head of the Clinton Foundation, made a run for the Russian uh, consulate in New York. And that sounded so much to me like when uh, uh, Snowden was in Hong Kong making a run for, you know, Russia. <laughs> you know, there was a, just a parallel there. And, and I, I'd seen, the, you know, the Snowden movie was coming out and everything. And I thought, that, well, this has a lot of intrigue. But I really didn't, still didn't pay too much attention until, I don't know if you remember, on November 8th, um, the story broke where uh, Wiener's uh, 650,000 emails, and then a couple of days later, um, the, uh, the detective from New York, who had 40 years on the force, he's just a chief of detectives, he's kind of like a voice of NYPD, 
he comes out in this article in True Pundit um, magazine. And True Pundit is a bunch of ex-CIA guys that started a, a newspaper, basically. And they say that there's sex trafficking, child exploitation, money laundering, perjury, obstruction of justice on these 650,000 emails. So these NYPD people are kind of like the patriots, and the FBI comes in, especially uh, Andrew McCabe, who's the number two guy at the FBI, and he kind of quashes the investigation. And that's when I said, okay, i got to get involved here and see what I can do. And I tried to engage a lot of uh, citizens kind of on the Internet, uh, researchers, to try to pull at the threads of this to see if we can't force the the hand of the Justice Department to get this information released. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, all of these events took place. And I remember the true uh, pundit article. Um, I think it was the breaking bombshell that NYPD blows whistle on new Hillary emails money, uh, laundering sex crimes and so on. And that, in fact, that picture, I remember the picture, I think it was the, the composite between Hillary and Wiener and Huma. And then, of course, you referenced the WikiLeaks, uh, uh, the uh, death of, uh, who was that, Gavin McFadden or McFadden or McFadden, something? McFadden, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. the founder. Yeah. And then, so all of this happened like in a short period of time. Um, yeah, it was it was only about 10 days. Um, and you, you had all kinds of, of things happening with uh, Hillary trying to do the, the, the electors coup and uh, she was trying to do the George Soros protest coup and the Russian hack coup. You know, it's just one yeah. after another. It was so so many things were happening in that short space of time. Uh, it really kind of uh, you know got my interest to to well, pursue yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, all right. Um, so we we've got the Clinton Foundation and we've got uh, Eric Braverman. Braverman comes in and apparently uh, was hired. Yeah, who, who was Eric Braverman? I mean, let's let's talk about him if you don't mind a little bit, um, and where he comes into play because you've done you've laid some great foundational work with for this. But go, but but tell us about Braverman. Well, at first I thought he just comes into the Clinton Foundation cold uh, in July in June of 2013. I thought, well, you know, he kind of knew Chelsea; they were friends from back in 2010, but they had really never worked together on any projects for the Clinton Foundation. Well, then I find in the research that, no, 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 uh, he uh, started with the Clinton Foundation right as soon as the Haiti earthquake. So right when the Haiti earthquake happens, there is a commission set up called the uh, Interim Haiti Relief Commission. just happens to have the initials of IHRC. Um and that's the funnel that USAID and Hillary Clinton, who's the Secretary of State, pours all the money into for Haiti. So Braverman is at the switch. He's a consultant for McKinsey at the time, uh, but he's involved in the Haiti as a project from the first day uh, going forward. And that really changed my perspective because up until that point, he'd been kind of painted as this white knight who came in and tried to change the Clinton Foundation and, and do real accounting rules and real audits. And then my perspective changed that, no, he was in on it from the beginning. And as and, you and mentioned, he was he's in. Yeah, that, that's what caught me. I, I don't mean to over-talk you. But see, that's, that's what I thought. I thought Braverman 
was kind of like a white knight kind of guy that he was going to set things right. And then you had come out. I, don't, I can't remember which which broadcast it was. Well, it, but you had painted a different picture of him. So I'm sorry, but I just want to reaffirm that because I I really thought that there was some. Uh, um, but I thought Braverman was was really a, a shall we say a good guy. Um, it was good. Intent. Yeah, he was painted. He was painted that way, and I'm still not sure. But he was definitely painted as this person was brought in at the end to try to turn it around, and he was only there 18 months, and then he gave up. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those uh, great lessons of journalism that if you keep digging, you you end up with 180 degrees of what, you know, the CNN kind of rip and read news is, you know. And the fun part about um, my uh, group of researchers and, and going into this is you end up having a more and more grounded understanding of all world events um, because you're you've now got all the Podesta emails, you've got all these notes and source documents, and you've got, uh, you know, uh, all the articles that have been written and so forth, and you can see that somebody's lying, you know, and you can just throw that right out, for instance, you know, like, or you can get the perspective that, no, 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 Braverman was in on this from, from the beginning, and one of the other things that came out, Braverman is uh, married to a, uh, a male, uh, a guy named Neil Brown, who is a oil expert, oil pipeline expert. And one of the things that came out of the research is it, it, Eric Braverman is kind of an expert in the World Bank. And if, for those who aren't familiar, the World Bank kind of goes into countries and says, well, for development, you're going to need roads, you're going to need a water pipeline, you're going to need electrical grid, you're going to need this, this, and this. And they kind of saddle the country with debt. But what the industry that takes advantage of all this is oil and gas because they need all that infrastructure to, to, you know, work the pipeline and so forth. So it's kind of like this dynamic duo, Braverman and Brown, that are going all around and and kind of, it's a wolf, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Braverman's going in saying, I'm going to make your country, you know, give them roads and everything, but it's Brown coming in with the, oh, here's the pipeline, and that's what happened in Haiti. So that's the other thing I learned from uh, from the from the investigation, which was which was very eye opening. All right. So, all right. Yeah. And, and folks, uh, for those not not recalling, uh, the Haiti earthquake was January twelfth, twenty ten. And now, uh, Braverman. When, when did he When did he come into the foundation? I, I know that shortly thereafter, July two thousand thirteen. Okay. Right. July so 2013. July. All right. And then he resigned in, what, in, uh, like 18 months later, or supposedly, or, or, yeah. um, yeah, and, okay. All right. So, all right. So he abruptly res- resigned, and, uh, yeah, it, there seemed to be some sort of power struggle inside the foundation between and among the cabal of Clinton loyalists, I guess. Who, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So I call that the, the hill, the hills versus the bills. The older uh, regime was the bill uh, followers, the friends of Bill, and the new regime was going to be Chelsea's new pack that she was trying to kind of force in. Okay. All right. And that's interesting because um, during that time, and and I learned this again from watching your videos, um, before before and during. Braverman's tenure with the Clinton Foundation, um, 
there was news that the foundation, of course, had been accepting contributions from foreign governments, no oversight from the State Department when Hillary was Secretary of State, and the the foundation, of course, was Clinton's main public platform. Uh, so, you know, it, during her tenure, as well as subsequent to her tenure as Secretary of State. And then the hiring a few months later beyond that, I guess, of, uh, of Raverman, who had, as you pointed out, a partner in McKinsey's uh, uh, office was, at least optically, was seen as a validation of Chelsea Clinton's view that the foundation needed to, I don't know, conform to regulations, tighter audit controls and such. But yeah. maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. All right. So, well, I okay. think he tried. I think he tried a little bit, but what what this this investigation kind of led to was Braverman, and then the oil piece of it, you know, and then the oil trafficking uh, that they, you know, that they did in, in Libya and, and Syria, and then that led to uh, the sex trafficking um, because the whole the whole Laura Silsby thing with in down in Haiti. And this little orphanage called our little brothers and sisters down there in Port-au-Prince. And what looked like, I don't know if people remember this, but the story is that this group of 10 people from this new refuge life church in Idaho, uh, probably most of the people thinking they were doing the right thing, flew down to Haiti and were kind of rounding up these kids off the street. And this their leader was Laura Silsby, was her name. Right. And um, she was caught. Uh, she was stopped. She was in Port-au-Prince, which is to the south, and Haiti looks like a horseshoe, so it's kind of like she's down at the bottom of the, of the horseshoe. And then she moves across the middle of the country, and she gets stopped, and they say, hey, these 33 children you have, and she had uh, this big bus with these people, and you can't just take people without uh, you know, proper paperwork. And she says, no, 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 I'm taking them to this, uh, to this refuge, you know, that in Dominican Republic. Well, she gets to the border, and she doesn't have papers, and they ask her about where the orphanage is, and she can't tell them where the orphanage is. So they arrest her, because it, her story was that um, these are all orphans. And it turns out that almost none of them are orphans. And a few of them got permission from their mother, but most of them did not get permission at all. They were kidnapped. So that's where the story kind of turns even further down <laughs> and gets into the sex trafficking. And, and then and the piece this, comes... You're yeah, going. No, this also... And, and folks, you have to understand, you know, the, the subject that's referred to as Pizzagate, that's not anything. That's just fake news, of course. The overlap here and the references to Silsby... Hillary Clinton, her oversight, um, all or her interest, incredible interest in Silsby and her activities, uh, as evidenced by the emails and such, but that's the email dump. This all ties together, and I didn't mean to take you off your stride there. Um, so go no, ahead. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know about all the emails either. They go back to all the way back to 2001. And with Hillary sending emails through Huma Abedin asking about Laura Silsby and the New Life Refuge. And I was that, I mean, I was doing an oil and, uh, you know, arms story. I didn't want to cover the Pizzagate stuff. And the Pizzagate people were saying, hey, 
you know, look at what's right in front of you. And, you know, I took a lot of heat for about two weeks. And I finally said, okay, I'm going to have to look into this orphanage and I'm going to have to look into this situation. Well, I find out that the day she's arrested, Hillary flies down there. Um, well, first of all, Bill was uh, going to be at the orphanage uh uh, before the earthquake, or, you know, a couple of uh, weeks before the earthquake to go visit that same orphanage, which I thought was odd. But then Hillary flies down. Uh, the officials, it's just like the uh, Loretta Lynch where uh, they have the meeting on the tarmac. The, the right. police come up, the, the, the thing, they have the meeting on the plane. <laughs> they come out with a big bag stuff full like the Iran-Contra. <laughs> You know, they, they, they come marching down the stairs, and Hillary does not get off the plane when she flies to Haiti. It just had an earthquake, <laughs> and she does not get off the plane. She flies back. So it's obvious that she's come down to bail out Laura Silsby, and um, they hold her for, um, they fly her back to uh, Miami on an Air Force jet, which doesn't usually happen for people that are caught in a, uh, you know, a trafficking and then they serve a, she serves a, a little bit of uh, community time or something like that, and, and she's she's back out on the street. So that really starts the whole sex trafficking thread. Well, then I go back and look at Libya, and then Syria, and then I start. Well, I wasn't looking for this, uh, just going where the story took me and where my researchers took me, and now all the reports of ISIS in Syria, in Aleppo, using the people as human shields, not only taking oil toward Turkey and bringing guns back uh, to their, uh, you know, sanctuaries, but they're taking, they're, they're having the parents stay upstairs in these apartments that are getting hit by these shells. The parents are dying. They're accumulating these kids in little clutches of orphanages these white helmets that you see during the day that are doing these heroic things are actually coming in at night, picking out the cutest kids and taking them uh, to Iraq, UAE, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, Qatar, all the, for to be wives, these little seven and eight-year-olds, to be wives of these, of these uh, Arab sheiks and, you know, again, I did not know the story was going in that direction, but when I put the story out there, what happens is there's researchers come back and they give me 10 more news articles. And I'm like, wow, I, how did I, how did I miss this? You know? And then I, I thought, I thought the topple of Gaddafi was just about getting the gold. You know, Gaddafi had about maybe up to a hundred billion dollars in gold. And there's a there's a, an email from uh, Sid Blumenthal to Hillary saying, "I know where nine billion is. They're trying to figure out where the gold is." And uh, but then it turns out I'm starting to get all this proof of uh, sex trafficking between Libya and Greece, and with Malta, the island of Malta in between in the Mediterranean being the place where they kind of do the pick of the picking of the litter, oh, and then they send the okay. Yeah, they send the rest on to Greece. So it's just one of these things that just keeps unwinding into this bigger and bigger drama, like a Russian, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, play, you know, uh, or you know those Daruma dolls, you know, that just keep, you know, there's more sure. of the story. 
Yeah, the, so the, the, it's, the it's Russian been, dolls. Yeah, yeah, the Russian dolls. Yeah. yeah. So, so you okay? Just so, just so we're clear, you kind of went into this initially, looking at the Clinton Foundation slash Braverman, not really wanting to get into the PizzaGate thing, but but stumbling into that, or kind of being pushed into that because of all the all the information you were getting, and now you find a completely different angle to what's going on, and and that of course, um, at its periphery would be called PizzaGate or PedoGate, but it, you know at its core is not, I mean, it, it's sex and trafficking and human trafficking. Oh, gosh. Okay. And so all of the, and, and I understand this because as an investigator, I, you know, sometimes, well, you go where the evidence takes you. And, and sometimes it's not where you think it's going to go. And so anyway, yeah. yeah okay. Well, you're, you're oh. exactly right. I mean, I, I had no idea where the story was going every day. So one day, uh, an investigator kicks over this thing and, and shows me a video of these uh, Syrian soldiers being gutted with their ch- chests being cut open with a rib spreader and their organs being removed and then being sewn back up and put in body bags and then sent to this Turkish hospital in near Aleppo. And th- I, then I did a video on saying, you know, there's evidence here. I mean, I'm looking right at it, you know, of these people that are you know, being hollowed out for their organs. And I didn't want to go toward organ harvesting. Uh, I didn't want to cover that story. But people sent me, uh, oh, this Turkish doctor did, you know, 18,000 kidney uh, transplants. And this, you know, and then the government says there's there's 20,000 organs that have been taken. Just, this is just Aleppo in Syria. So you follow that story back to all these, uh, and, and there was this, uh, UN peacekeeping force uh, in Bosnia and Kosovo and they were being trained by a company in the United States named DynCorp D-Y-N-C-O-R-P and so I kept tracing where did all this start and it goes back to this DynCorp and it goes back to Kosovo where these Ser- Serbian prisoners were being gutted for their for their organs so I'm like oh my goodness you know now I'm following DynCorp all around well it turns out DynCorp is in Iraq. They're in uh, they're in Afghanistan. They're in Haiti. There's and then I get all this evidence of of organ harvesting in Haiti. <laughs> so it's it's you know I thought the rat line was going to be an oil rat line where they fill up these twenty five gallon you know cans and put them in a truck, yeah. and then they run the guns the other way. And it just kept going downhill with the sex trafficking. And organ harvesting, and you know, finally, uh, I look at all the stuff that DynCorp is into. They're into maintaining the helicopters and uh, uh, planes for the U.S. Air Force, which is great. But they also do all the CIA stuff. Well, it turns out they've got the contract for Colombia, and the contract for El Salvador, and the contract for Honduras, and the you know the contract for. Uh, you know, all Ecuador. And they're using the planes to kind of eliminate the competition and grow their own. You know, so now the drug trafficking <laughs> comes in. <laughs> and it, it's just kind of like this tarball <laughs> that, that keeps rolling and getting bigger. <laughs> um, but what's really great about my researchers is they come back every day with citations and sources that are usually New York Times or, you know, Washington uh, Post or, uh, 
you know, uh, London Times or, you know, very Wall Street Journal, that type of thing. So it's very reputable and it's very source-based, but it's very surprising. Man, it, it, yeah, it, it indeed. Now, I can't, I just, I, I watched your investigation evolve and folks go to, uh, George Webb's YouTube channel. We're talking with uh, George Webb, uh, tremendous investigative citizen, investigative researcher, journalist, in my view. Um, it just, he's got a number of videos. They're short. They're easy to understand. They're well cited, well sourced, well documented. And take a look at the, at, at the massive amount of information this man has, and others have uncovered. Uh, because, and, and subscribe to his channel as well and get the word out because this information, in my view, cannot be, it, it must, it must be spread far and wide. We are going to be getting into more and deeper things after this break. Folks, stay right where you're at. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe's off tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. I'm Doug Hagman with our very special guest, George Webb. Stay right where you're at. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, 6 AA batteries off the grid. When other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night, go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to, to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks, Pro Flowers, and Casper Mattress, and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link. And go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's I think it's a fabulous opportunity.
For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. does this deep state go and just what kind of shadow government do we have you know you hear us talk often about the luciferian elite the shadow government the deep state the criminal cabal that exists within our government and it's interesting when you see the development of information development of documentation and that's exactly what George Webb has done, is developed the documentation. Like any good investigator would, he um, accepts the, or looks into the information, follows it to its natural conclusion, doesn't embellish anything, and the results are surprising. George Webb is our guest. He's got a, uh, an incredible, incredible, and, and, and literally incredible, um, YouTube series of reports, begins with, uh, you know, where's Eric Braverman and it kind of blossoms into a larger investigation. Before we get back to Mr. Webb, uh, I want to just tell everyone, you know, the war is on, in my view, at least here in the United States, the war is on. Uh, there, there's an attempted coup in, inside our government. We should expect some bumpy roads ahead. And if if there are, and I do suspect there will be, are you prepared? Do you have the food set aside? Do you, are you just, are you and your family prepared? Part of the preparations, folks, is having an appliance to cook with. That's where Minuteman Stove comes into play. Minutemanstove.com. That is the location for the Cadillac of rocket stoves because without power, you need an alternative source of cooking. Well, this is a Refactory insulated 50 caliber ammo can. That's uh, Minuteman.com. It uh, the it's it's like a kitchen stove. Let me tell you, I've used them. Uh, takes a very little firewood or for fuel, and uh, it heats much like a kitchen stove would. Very little smoke, if any, if you use the proper wood. And the outside only gets to about 200 degrees. So you can set it on a picnic table. You could take it camping. To take it to a picnic. I mean, use it just like a regular uh, picnic table type stove. And in a pinch or in, in an emergency, I should say, Minuteman Rocket Stove will save your butt. Minuteman Rocket Stove. Get it only at MinutemanStove.com. Plus, they've got a marvelous array of fire starters. These fire starters are the best of the best. You're talking about the Cadillac of rocket stoves and the Cadillac of fire starters. Go to MinutemanStove.com. 
Again, our guest is George Webb. George, man, so, so yeah, uh, here you are. Um, did, did, did you, I, I gotta ask you this. When you first started out, you probably didn't think you were going to be poking at some big bears that you are, did you? Well, yeah, I started out with the Clintons, so that's it's about yeah. as risky as it gets. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, there's probably not, you know, all the bodies that were stacking up last summer with the DNC leaks and the WikiLeaks, uh, I knew it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty risky, but, you know, uh, one of the benefits of, of being, um, you just not afraid and, and I, and I know the risks, uh, is that, uh, there's just so few people who are willing to do that. Um, uh, and I'm not trying to build myself up here. I'm just saying that most journalists are just scared out of their mind to report this story. And, um, thank gosh for my, uh, great researchers because, they're not afraid either, and it's just truth. We're not trying to hurt Hillary Clinton. Uh, we're not trying to hurt anybody. We're just trying to get the facts out and let everybody make their own mind up, make their own decision. And what what I object to, and whatever, and, and my group objects to, is is the cover up. You know, when you start hiding things, and gosh, it's been Daryl Issa asked for her emails in December of 2012, and here we are five years later, and we still don't have them. So, um, so yeah. Since, since right. you brought that up, yeah, you know, since you brought that up, if I, if it's just a departure from uh, from what we're talking about here, you, you know, we we just saw, um, and you don't have to answer this, or if you're not, in it, I'm just we're just talking here. But since since we just saw the uh, political assassination of Michael Flynn in the Trump administration for ostensibly talking in transition to the Russian ambassador about sanctions that were laid against Russia. In this big brouhaha that's taking place right now, you compare that to what you found, your research on the emails. I mean, is, is are, are, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's going to blow your mind, yeah. right? Well, first of all, I, I don't know if, that, if, if people caught this, but 10 days ago, there was three brothers, three Muslim brothers, and their name was Awan, a W A N, like almost like Aswan Dam, Dam like the, the Dam in Egypt, but just no S. Awan. So there's these three brothers. They're 22 to 24 years old. They work in IT department of the House of Representatives. Okay, they are making a hundred and sixty thousand dollars a piece. They're all living in one house in Virginia. They have access to eight different congressional leaders. Uh, accounts as far as the information that we're getting from three key committees. The House uh, Permanent Subcommittee on Intelligence, which is, you know, the, everything. It's, that oversees CIA, FBI, all the military intelligence agencies, DNI, ODNI, all of them. So that group, House per, uh, Permanent Subcommittee on Intelligence, that's uh, chaired by um, Devin Nunes, um, so they have access to that information. They have access to the Homeland Security Committee, right? Then they also have access to the Foreign Relations or Foreign Affairs Committee. So all of our economic deals that we're doing. 
So it's come out now that they were the ones who leaked the information for Yemen, the Yemen raid. Remember when the Navy SEAL got killed in the Yemen raid? Yes. That the Muslim, the Muslim Brotherhood, these three Muslim brothers who have contacts with the Muslim Brotherhood are just fired when they try to illegally access all these accounts. Now, that is that goes back to the Rosenbergs giving the Adam bomb away. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, high yeah. treason. That's that's electric chair stuff. And uh, and you haven't heard the media say one word about it. And Flynn, I'm sure, was talking about sanctions. I'm, I'm sure he's probably when the transcript comes out. So what? That's a part of negotiation. You know? Uh, sure. Who cares? Yeah. Well, it's I, I heard Krauthammer. Um, refer to this as a cover-up without a crime, you know, uh, with respect to Flynn. Anyway, yeah, it's it's part of the transition. Yeah. Um, but but having said all of that, my goodness, okay, so the... the uh, uh, and that's an important point that you brought out. I, I don't think we covered that enough, the Awan brothers. By the way, that's a, nearly a half a million dollars in one flop house. Salaries, that is, uh, to, to three brothers living in a flop house taking care of the IT department or IT, uh, needs of, uh, the, uh, the eight, uh, the leaders of our congressional leadership. My goodness. What could possibly go, go wrong? Alright. Yeah. You can't okay. imagine, uh, you can't imagine a, a, a worse scenario. It's, it's almost like, uh, you know, having, well, there is no other scenario. It's having your three worst enemies, having all your information. And it wasn't just, uh, like access to, uh, you know, like Hillary had a year ago to classified information. This was as of a couple of days ago, having access to all that. So anyway, that, that's mm. that. Okay. All right. Well, well, again, you're digging, man. I'll tell you, it's, and, and folks, George Webb is our guest. That's W-E-B-B. Find him on YouTube. Subscribe to his channel. Watch his videos. His investigative work product is to, to me second to none. Um, I, I've watched, I think I've watched almost all of them I, at least once. Um, I got so much information. I, I don't even know how you keep half this stuff straight. You had a couple of uh, actually some good visuals. Too, uh, yeah. which you know, I, I love that. I love it when you do visuals, uh, you know, with the lines and well, stuff. I, I, I try to storyboard everything. I try to storyboard everything because I think most people, when they read a story, they don't have time to go and Google every person that's mentioned, and then associate that with a face, and then go back to the story. And it's a lot of work. And, and I think it's just because modern journalism is kind of, kind of lazy. So I, I do that legwork. And so I, I do kind of the Hercule Poirot thing where they murder on the Orient Express. I bring all the suspects into the room, you know, and I let you look around the train car at all these people. And then I start asking questions, you know, and then you're in it. You're on my shoulder. Um, you know, you're on the shoulder of the investigative reporter in, in my series. And each slide is like that. It, each slide is a is a train car full of suspects, you know, and uh, that's what makes it fun. And the other thing I do is I, I work a lot with maps, and I, I try to uh, really help, you know, along the way that we're on this journey, try to find the truth. I, I you know, there's a lot of people have said, I never knew about all this geography in Africa, <laughs> you know, you know, geez, I've learned... I've learned so much, you know, about Africa or, or whatever, or just where the pipelines are or, 
um, you know, just, uh, you know, who these people are. And I'll do background searches. So uh, when somebody's introduced as a character, and that's how I look at it, is I don't want to overwhelm the, the viewer. You know, I don't want to bring in 12 people into the train car all at once and then introduce all 12. I'll introduce two or three, and then I'll bring in one a day. So you can kind of meet them like you would meet somebody at a party, you know, a little bit at a time, so you can kind of digest it. Right. And Which, I, yeah, and I think that's a, that's a good format because you really get a deep understanding. You know, yeah, you make it uh, you make it very easy. Which uh, I find myself doing the same thing. You know, I'm 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 trailing down a story and I'm thinking, okay, I um, you know I wonder who this person X is, and then I've got to search the open source information on that. And sometimes, you know, it, it takes you on all these different uh, trails, but it's very time consuming. And I, I, you know what? I don't think people realize how time consuming. You're let's say a ten minute audio or ten minute video that you've done. That might take you ten hours, right? Because there's just a yeah. lot of digging. Yeah, probably probably every ten minutes is is ten hours of, of digesting things that have already been digested, and there's probably two hundred Google searches or or more. If you consider the researchers that are involved, there's probably more than that. And I always try to make things as absolutely simple as possible with a graph, and I try not to talk. You know, I just try to reduce the amount of talking to the the bare minimum to what's needed to tie the story together. And, um, and you know, one of the things I never thought I would know anything about is uh, how much your body is worth, <laughs> you know, the value of your organs. You know, I had no idea, you know, so I had to go into that and find out, oh, here's what a kidney's worth, and oh, here's what a heart's worth. And, you know, there's 12 different opinions across the world and 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 finding out how long they'll... Yeah, I know it is disturbing. It was very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I, I like to see your search history. Okay, uh, knowing what I know, of course. Yeah, I, look at this search history. Uh, yeah, yeah, the FBI. I'm done. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like uh, uh, like that like that barber that that slit everybody's throat or whatever that guy's name was. I can't remember the play that. Uh, oh, but you know oh, what I'm saying is yeah. 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 Well, let, let me ask you a question. Yeah, let me ask you a question here because you mentioned your team of researchers, and I, I, just so people understand, you are doing this. You're not paid by anybody. You're not working no. for anybody. You, no. The people who are helping you are helping you just to get the the truth out there. Yep. Right. Yep. Everybody's volunteer. And and, and, and folks, that's what to me. This is what makes this story even more remarkable, because we're doing the same thing. I mean, you know, we sure we have sponsors and such, and, and people who help us financially. But here, but here's a guy out there, just providing incredible information, detailed information, and a group of people are helping him. Uh, and again, George Webb at W E B B. If you, if you think, if it sounds like I'm a fan, I am. Okay. So there's no hiding that. But, but, uh, again, the investigative work product is fabulous. George Webb and find his YouTube channel. Uh, okay. So there. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, where do we, where, I guess we have to kind of walk this back a little bit more. Um, uh, where do we leave off or where, where should we go from here? Uh, Braverman is still, we don't still don't know where Braverman is, right? Or, he still or, hasn't shown he, his face. Okay. Yeah. Is, is, he's is he gone a, on Twitter. Is, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to interrupt you anymore. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, no. He's gone back on Twitter, so we know he's alive, and he's been announced uh, as the new head of Google's foundation, Eric Schmidt's foundation. So a lot of times what happens is they just, you know, Hillary shut down the Clinton Global Initiative. A lot of times what they do is just shut one down one place. It's kind of like the carnival. They shut it down one place and they just move it out of town, you know, to some someplace else. It's still still the carnival, you know. <laughs> Same people. I, I love that mental image, <laughs> carnies, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, the, the the guy who came in to do the USAID, which is U.S. Foreign Aid for for Haiti, was 37 when he came in for the for the world for the world, and um, he got. He just got put in ahead of the Rockefeller Foundation. So one of the great uh, fun things about the research project is you can see these patterns. So every time, you know, something is unpalatable to the public, let's say uh, we want to test a virus as a bioweapon on a population, we'll run it through a foundation, you know, and then... We'll test it, and then we'll run it through another foundation to test the vaccine, and and that's one of the uh, the one of the things I bring out in how is co- how are covert operations kind of funneled through foundations, um, and and we get into the black budget and 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 DynCor is one of many companies that's in the black budget, but it's it's the, it's the string that's the most fun to pull because the patterns are so clear, you know. And and this is really the project has really kind of morphed. Uh, that, that was your question. That is, it's kind of morphed into shining light on the black budget and just where is the six and a half trillion and and what do you do? How do you get a six and a half trillion dollar um, deficit? And is it just that you run the presses at night? Is that what you do? I mean, I think that's what they do. So <laughs> you know that that's that's kind of where the the thing is going. Um, and and it's just a uh, it's just an open research project, and the the whole thing kind of centers on getting these six hundred and fifty thousand emails from Anthony Weiner, because my theory, my working theory, is all the whole like Trump said, it's the treasure trove. It opens up everything. It's the Pandora's box. It's the arms deals. It's the oil deals. It's the sex trafficking deals. It's the organ harvesting deals. It's the pay for play, it's the quid pro quo, it's everything. It's everything. <laughs> so it's like this, it's the bouquet. <laughs> so I, I we're that. really working. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're working you know, with Jason Chaffetz to, to get that information. Okay. And, and it's, a, you know, it's a shame. It, it, it's a shame to me that we don't have any media with any interest in the real stories like this. Um, but that's not to say that you're, you know, that's not to disparage you at all. You are actually doing, you know, the work of all of the networks, all of the print media, and doing great work at it. That's my view. And so, uh, just to go back a little bit, as you, as your investigation progressed in from from the Clinton Foundation and the DynCor, and for those not familiar, DynCor is an American private military contractor. They started back as an, I think it was an aviation company back in the fifties. 40s, 50s, right after World War II. And yeah. um, they morphed into, well, what are they now? What is DynCorp? And, and who makes up DynCorp? 
I mean, what, yeah. Well, so DynCorp is is formed at the same time as the CIA, and it's formed to basically be the black budget or one of the black budget uh, cutouts or or front companies for the CIA. And as you mentioned, most of the stuff that they did early on was was surveillance, reconnaissance, uh, you know, trafficking uh, arms, narco terrorism, where they trap, you know, guns go one way, drugs go in the other way. Um, mostly in Central America, but in Europe as well. Um, what really kind of changed is when you started getting into this U.S. peacekeeper role, and this kind of starts with, uh, well, uh, gosh, I'd, I'd say the first big one was Bosnia, uh, and that's where they started training police. So that's where you started getting into these police doing these kind of, of you know, uh, funny funny little uh, trafficking, you know, uh, escapades, you know, take 60-year-old guys taking 13-year-old lives. And, you know, first they, they take it, they encourage them to take a 17-year-old life. And then they say, well, you should sell that life, you know, two weeks later and get a 15-year-old and then and then the 13-year-old. But then these guys are compromised now because there's a ton of pictures out there that with them being 58 years old with a 13-year-old. And... Right. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the underhandedness of, you know, DynCor is not a, I mean, it's rape, pillage, and plunder. It's their corporate motto. I mean, it's it's not, uh, it's it's DynCorp for a reason. Dying Corp is the pun. Um, but you know, one of the one of the the nice parts of this research because it, it could get all just very negative and you know, gosh, sure. the world's terrible. But I. All along the way, I'll I'll see authors, you know, people who've spent years l- looking at something, and so there was one author in in uh, uh, who had uncovered Jeffrey Epstein uh, sex trafficking uh, in Little St James Island, and she spent 14 years looking into that, and her name's Conchita um, Sarnoff. So I'll I'll highlight her book and I'll put her book book jacket up. And this, this, this kind of meandering path that I'm taking, it's kind of one of those, uh, Dungeons and Dragons things where you pick up and you find really great charms along the way. Like you discover these great authors along the way. Uh, and I'll feature these authors. I will have to go and read the whole book, you know, or most of the book and all the reviews before I cite it because I want to summarize it quickly, but then I want to also kind of give the author a plug. So, if you watch my series, it isn't just about being, you know, fire-hosed information. It's really about being introduced to really great authors who've really written deeply on these subjects and who can support, uh, you know, the conclusions I make. You know, I, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I think you're responsible for at least one section of my bookshelf. I've, I've got a very extensive library in my office. Uh, over, I think now the total is over 1,500 books. I think you're responsible for a, a bunch of those or a number of those because exactly you, uh, you, you cite the books, you want more information and that's, and it, it, it just, it tickles me. Uh, it makes me, but that's, shows, I shouldn't show my age by saying that. Um, but no, it, it does tickle me to, to, to think that, um, you are explaining the process of your investigation that reflects how exactly how we do our our investigations as well. 
And, and it's, it just, you know, thank you for, for doing that. And thank you because people want to know, um, and, and the, the other thing I want to mention too, your videos and, and folks, um, I found nothing, absolutely nothing, even with the most delicate of subjects, nothing offensive by, uh, George Webb's presentations. Um, let me just say that right out. Now I know we, we've got a predominantly Christian audience and I found nothing offensive at all. Your, your, uh, delivery is so measured. It's, uh, it's, it, it's great delivery too. So the way you present the information. Just well, there was a, uh, yeah, thank you. Um, there's a guy named Eric Larson who wrote, I don't know if you remember, The Devil in the White City. We're kind of in the book chat now, right? Um, and Devil in the White City was this horrible uh, subject, you would think, uh, about these murders that were being uh, done at the time of the Chicago World's Fair in 1896. Uh, but what he does is he kind of cuts back and forth, and it was a big bestseller, uh, he cuts back and forth between these murders and and. Uh, the, the architectural boom that's happening in Chicago because of the fire that's happened and now there's this architectural boom. So he, he, he cuts back and forth and he had a quote in the end where he said every, every quote in the book, anything with quotes in this book is supported by a piece of documentation in my footnotes. And I never forgot that. And I know it's so much work to do that kind of meticulous footnoting. But I, I owe that to my viewers to, to do that. Every time I say something, everything I say in quotes has got to be supported by a piece of documentation. You don't have to do all that work. <laughs> you just have to watch the 10-minute video, right? Exactly. But uh, I try to bring it all together like you were. I, the best thing I can say is we're all together on the train car, and we've got the 12, you know, the Hercule Poirot, and we're on the Midnight Express, and we're trying to figure out who did the murder. And that's the best analogy I can come up with. Well, you know what? I, I just I asked Eric to go in my office because I've got that very book that you referenced. Um, no worries about that. He's, he's looking at Devil the, Devil in the White City is the name yeah. of it. Devil in the oh, White yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he just said, oh, there's only 1,500 books in there. Like, you know, I'm supposed to find that. They're not... Uh, I don't know how to do a decimal system, but, but 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 you're right, and that's folks. If you get nothing, I mean, if in the past five minutes, if you get nothing out of this, just to appreciate the level of research, investigation, citation that's done by George Webb and, and us too. I'm going to throw us in there because, log on, and we deserve it. But but the fact of the matter is, uh, we're talking about subjects that that are. You know, it's difficult to talk about this kind of stuff in, in polite company. You're talking about sex trafficking, uh, fraud, money laundering, all kinds of nasty ugh, stuff. But it's important yeah. to understand. We're, you're, you're kicking over some pretty heavy duty rocks. And subsequent to this, uh, interview, I'm going to ask you, see if we, I can't get on your insurance policy, your life insurance policy. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. Folks, we're talking with George Webb. Go to his YouTube channel. That's George Webb, W-E-B-B. He's a, again, a tenacious researcher, a guy that, uh, uh, I just, I, I really like his investigative work product. His presentation is measured. It's well documented. And it's, uh, a whole lot of stuff here. We're going to be back one more segment 
with George Webb right after this. Stay right where you're at, folks. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Uh, folks, I'm going to direct your attention to MasterPreps.com. MasterPreps.com. Wow. Uh, MasterPreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, MasterPreps.com. That's MasterPreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric said. It's insane. I mean, Wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? From all of us at Trading Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Very special guest, Mr. George Webb. Go to his YouTube channel, subscribe, and don't just subscribe. Watch the videos. Go back and start from day one. And watch this fascinating 
all-encompassing, comprehensive investigation unfold. I love a good investigation. I really do. That's my, I mean, 30 years and 30-plus years in the business as an investigator in the private sector, uh, to see the quality. And I'm, I'm not, this is not false flattery. This is, this is from the heart. It, it, and because I've learned a lot and I've taken many, many notes from George Webb. And I have cited him in the past. You've heard, folks, you've heard me. You've, you've seen me cite him. And, uh, so that's the YouTube channel, George Webb, W-E-B-B. And, uh, uh, we need to, we need, we need to get the word out about this. His research needs to go viral. Uh, Trust me when I say that. And by the way, Eric, uh, the tech, God bless him. Ask and ye shall receive. See, here it is. The devil in the white city. Here it is right here. I told you I had it. I told you. And he said, yeah, oh, there, there it was. Oh, there, there it is. So the devil in the white city. So yeah, I- interesting book, by the way. And I'm going to thank Maria Canese, the author of Prepare for Persecution for sending this to me. Actually, it was a, she sent this to me knowing that I would, uh, 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 get a lot out of it. Maria Canese, Prepare for Persecution. If you haven't bought that book on Amazon, do that. George Webb, thanks for holding and uh, welcome back. All right, so where do we go from here? Because we, we've been all over the place. and uh, uh, But I want, I want you to, to really get what you think is important. Get it out there and because uh, we have a lot of people just saying, my goodness, you know, thanks for, thanks for bringing our attention to George Webb and other people saying thanks for having you on. So take us where you want to take us. Well, um, so let me do this. Um, so my philosophy, and, and I, I talked about Eric Larson, and, uh, you know, if you have a lump of coal, you know, you can compress it and get, you know, uh, something that's kind of good if you work with it a little bit. But if you put in 10 times the effort, you get the diamond, you know. And Harper Lee used to say this, uh, kill, to the gal who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, is I can spend eight hours writing something that's pretty good. But if I spend 80 hours, I'll write something that's memorable. And what I try to do for the the viewer is I try to do that 80 hours. And I try to bring that writer who's written a great book, and it's a 500-page book. I won't read all the book, but I'll try to distill that down and then try to bring them in the room with you. And it's almost like you're Donald Trump, and you're bringing in the 10 people at, in the Oval Office that can comment, and you're going to go around the room and you're going to ask them, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think? And they get one chance to say one thing. That's my strategy and what I storyboard a slide is to try to bring all that author's wisdom down to one or two f- phrases and sentences, <laughs> you know, if that's possible. And, you know, uh, yeah. and, and try to summarize. And, I, you know, I try to, to say, hey, this is the best... You know, here are the patterns, here's the best that, you know, all these people have worked all their, you know, lives. I mean, a lot of these folks have worked 14 years, 15 years on these different topics, and and just, we just don't have that kind of time. So, so that's the general strategy. Okay. But I, I do love a great story. And all along the way, I keep tripping over these great stories. And I have to tip these authors and say, hey... You should you should look at the story. It's a great story. You know, I I don't I didn't live this. This author did. So right. I almost look at it like a it's a story within a story. I have mine, and then there are all these other offshoots that people can take uh, if they want to go explore. You know, 
Yes, they want to go read the Christian or Express. They can go do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be talking about Turkey, and then that'll cause some people to think, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I might take that vacation someday. So, well, I, so I have also, I, I just want to plug my own book, Stained by Blood. Uh, the, 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 frankly, uh, George, I was investi- I was doing an investigation back in 1987 of the murder of my uncle, who was just a brutal murder in, in my uh, family childhood home. And, uh, uh, I started, what started off as a murder, not taking criminal cases, but in this case, of course, family member. It was a cold case, uh, murder, five years cold case. Um, I took it and what, I started out with a murder investigation. I ended up with a Pizzagate investigation long before Pizzagate. But that's kind of the same thing you're talking about, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. What's 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 awesome? I, you know, Stain by blood is interesting because, um, you if let's say you made Stain by blood a open source investigation now, okay, and you let's say you worked on it two or three hours a day, you know, to because we don't know the killer yet, right? We, uh, we, we don't well, know the killer. Yeah, we, we do, uh, yes, yeah, the, in the book itself, yeah, the, the murder actually was solved, but what the, um, the parallel investigation, which I hadn't, when I walked into the investigation, I was just to solve the murder of my uncle, what happened was we discovered a, a, a child, satanic, uh, child, uh, kidnapping ring, much like Pizzagate, if you will, and that's still open-ended. But yes, yeah, so the uh-huh. open-ended aspect of that is still to be, the final chapter has yet to be written on that. Ah, okay. So let's pick it up right from there because there are all these investigations that people think, oh, this is this culty thing that's happened here, this little satanic thing that's happened here, over here and over there. They're separate. They're unconnected. They're, there's no, um, you know, hierarchical nature to this, right? So one of the things I say in, in my, uh, in, in my work is, and what I've discovered just through uh, looking at that is no. By the way, there is a uh, hierarchical nature in that, and there is. This is trained. It's a, it's a trained blackmail, um, you know, uh, mechanism to get right. leverage on local, state, and federal politicians. You know, decision makers, judges, lawmakers, um, and that's why you have a Sandusky. Um, you, you know, case, and that's why you have the Boulder case with uh, Jean Benet. They're all part of the same thing. They're franchises. It's like it's like a McDonald's that's underground, and you just can't see the franchises. But it's the same thing. You know, we're going to order that French fry cutter and that milkshake maker, and it's all these satanic cults are there for a reason. Um, and the Finders case, you know, in D.C. and the um, you know Franklin. Uh, uh, Franklin, or, you know, Boys, yeah, yep. Boys Town case. These are all just franchises, you know, going around the country. And what's amazing is the people around the world have read these cases and so forth, and they can put connect the dots between all these things that are simple. There's there's going to be the stringers, these creepy guys that go out to the you know, the track practices and watch the guys run, you know, and the girls cheerleaders things, and they're going to encourage them to go get into porn and go to a weird party. And they're going to go to one party, and then they're going to invite them into a weirder party after that. And, you know, the drug raping. 
kids, you know, the porn uh, books and all that stuff. And uh, it it becomes very powerful when people who have a um, ethical basis to their life, a spiritual basis to their life, say this is an evil. And I need to be a part of this to end this. And the first part of ending that is recognition. What's the pattern that leads up to this? Because these little covens or little, you know, uh, um, you know, little little cults are are franchises. They're franchises. That's a that that is uh, wow. That's a great way of describing exactly what we are seeing out there today. And that kind of, allow me to circle back, because you had referenced the 650,000 emails. Let's talk about those, if you don't mind. Um, sure. You've got, okay, so I, I know you've, you, I, I know, and folks, you can go to George Webb's YouTube channel and definitely um, find the, the videos that address this. But, okay, so, so what's your take on the 650,000 emails are we ever going to see in based on your sources, your information, your investigation? Uh, because I, I, I've heard Alex Jones talk about this. I've talked about this on Infowars, Alex Jones. I've talked about this on this program. But what are you? What are you seeing? What are your findings about this? Well, if you think about it, um, these six hundred fifty thousand emails travel through a lot of routers. When you send a message, it can go to Ch- Japan. You know, back it can bounce all over the world when you send a message just to somebody across the street, depending on how the routers are set up at that moment and the traffic levels. So, at all those points are points of interception. So, um, the NSA uh, can intercept those emails. They have those Gmail. Google has those emails in their archives. Um, anyone who's in the New York Police Department, they've made copies. So they have those emails. Israel, China, and uh, Russia have those emails by uh, the, the last finding. Maybe two other nations. So the the choice for lawmakers and for the FBI right now, um, and McCabe, Andrew McCabe, who's running the investigation, is do you want to see those emails uh, at the worst possible moment when you're trying to get some bill passed or running for reelection? Or do you just want to kind of tear the Band-Aid off and just say, look, let's just at least publish the metadata. Here's the to, from, the date, and the subject. Okay. So everybody can just kind of breathe a sigh of relief and not have this sort of Damocles hanging over them, you know. And I think it would be better for everybody. I think everyone in Washington, D.C. right now is just on this spider, you know, on this edge. What's going to fall? What's going to happen next with these 650,000 emails? It's, it, Hillary was so careless with all of it, it's out there. So that's really what I try to do in my investigation is to at least publish the metadata so we can have some sunshine and then, you know, have Washington get to a calm effect. Because I think the things like with the attacks on Flynn and everything, with, you know, Lindsey Graham and, and, and McCain, they're just so fearful of what is in those emails. Everyone is fearful in Washington. It's this ticking time bomb. It's this nuclear time uh, bomb. So I, I'm trying to diffuse it by saying, let's just do the metadata first. We don't, we're, we won't reveal any state secrets and then we can go from there. 
it's kind of a way of you know defusing the bomb. Um, that, that's that an interesting sense. approach. Yeah, it, it does make sense, and it's an interesting approach to this. So, okay, um, uh, and I don't have any doubt in my mind that those that uh, treasure trove of emails contain some of the ugliest and deepest secrets of the deep state, the, the, the shadow government, the people behind all of this, uh, this stuff, the, the stuff that you've already uncovered with respect to DynCorp and Haiti and the, the Clinton Foundation. And, and so it's, it's a reassuring approach. And, and I, we appreciate that as viewers to your channel. Um, so, but yet you get the point across, the message across. Do do you think? Uh, my my view is this: I think the child sex trafficking and all the stuff that that you've talked about, and I think you might have even said this. It seems like everyone is either bribed or compromised, um, in in terms of our political leadership, uh, at least at the congressional leadership. And is is that your belief or? Somebody said that to me in an interview, and I, I immediately go to the exceptions. I, I think Ron Wyden is an exception on the Democratic side, and I think Chuck Grassley is an exception on the Republican side. I still have my hopes for Jason Chaffetz and Craig Gatti uh, in the, on the House side. Um, you know, I think there are those people. I think Devin Nunes, who is a congressman from California, who heads the, sub, the subcommittee on intelligence, is is hopeful. Uh, okay. So there's rays of hope, and I try not to do a broad brush. I, I try to look at these individuals and say, you know, what are they doing to try to, you know, be honest and, and be good governance, governance. I do think, though, unfortunately, Doug, that a lot of times when you're moving from that state senate level to the to the to the senator level, right. they don't do that. They don't let you do that unless they got you. You know, unfortunately, like the Marco Rubio thing. You know, unless they have pictures of you at the phone party, you're not going to the, you're not running for Senate, you know. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I do. And I, yeah, I mean, everything I've seen from my personal research kind of backs up that statement. It seems like if they can't control you, they're not going to allow you. Um, yeah. And, and that to me, it's disheartening at times, but, but I think as you pointed out, there are exceptions still. And we have to, yeah. you know, yeah, that's good. Well, we've only got about and, 10 and minutes. We, I can't, oh, sorry. No, you know, I just can't believe we've only got about 10 minutes left. And, and I just appre- so appreciate how, how you've handled uh, all of this information. Uh, I just want to say, just go where you feel led to in, in the remaining 10 minutes because, uh, again, there are some things that I might have not covered that you want to cover. And so, so have at it. Well, I think the one thing is that people can be, you know, they see all this stuff and the extortion and all the manipulations and so forth and the compromising of politicians. And it can be really depressing. You know, it's like, oh, gosh, this is so, such a huge, you know, thing landing on me. And so I, I have this message of hope. And that message of hope is that all these machinations uh, you know that intrigues that people do in the politics and the little left-handed moves that people are doing. They all leave footprints. And in the old days, you had to have you know Woodward and Bernstein right there with a magnifying glass and a photo, you know camera, you know, to ever have a chance, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be your only chance of collecting evidence. 
But now, with cameras, GPS, uh, you know, for, you know, geolocating every photo, time stamping, uh, millions and millions and millions of phones, uh, recording video, there's this huge amount of evidence. It's, it's a, simply a matter of collecting the evidence to prove your case. And all these cover stories and narratives that are generated by CNN or, or, or whoever, CNN is the biggest one, uh, can just be popped like balloons with a little pin of evidence. And it really is about the future of journalism, I believe, is data analysis, is putting these things together like I try to do on the maps, try to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, bring things up and, and make patterns obvious through the data. Uh, somebody did a beautiful Haiti map for me, uh, mapping all the orphanages and where they were to the hospitals. And, you know, they're going to add layers to it and show where, you know, the USAID money was spent. And it just makes it so much more visually rich and, and, and able to see, the, you know, the patterns. And that's, that's the, the message of hope that I would put out for everyone. Yeah, you All you have to do is watch a couple of videos and do what I call a compound search. And a compound search, if you're not familiar with it, is if you say, uh, quote, Clinton Foundation, end quote, and then caps, A-N-D, and then whoever, whatever entity you want to put. <laughs> you okay. know, something's going to come back. Something's going to come back where they go, oh, so-and-so was found, you know, doing this. And there's going to be a link there to an article. And just send me that link, uh, put it on a video, and the accumulation of these links, it doesn't sound like that one thing is that great of a contribution, but it, it really is like, you know, a thousand ants bringing, a, you know, a thousand uh, whatever rubber trees <laughs> to make yeah, the exactly. fort, you know? Yeah. And, and we did we really depend on that. It really works. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, so just to be clear now, because, and, and folks, this is a call to action here, I believe. Uh, all of the listeners that we have, and we've got a, just a ton of listeners. So, if, if you're out there and you've got, you've got time, perhaps you've, you've, you've already investigated things or researched things, uh, and after you've acquainted yourself with George Webb's YouTube channel, what he's already covered, um, try not to try not to inundate him with things that uh, he's already seen. But uh, George, how can people get information to you? What's the best way? Well, the first thing I would love people to do is find out who your sheriff is in your county. So find out who your sheriff is. That's the number one thing because your sheriff is runs your county. If there was ever a, a, a disaster or whatever, the sheriff is going to run the county. They they call all the shots. That, uh, and then just search on your sheriff's name and the word DynCorp, D-Y-N-C-O-R-P. And, and if you find something, uh, like they were in Bosnia or they were in Iraq or whatever, and most of those folks are great people, but uh, just send me their name just so I know. And I'm collecting this for the 3,000 counties in, in the United States. And just go to George Webb video uh, channel and, and just leave me the, Leave me a message. You can look at my slides. You can leave me the message on my slides. You can message me on Facebook. Um, our Facebook group is, uh, you know, that a pound sign, HRC for Hillary Rodden, Rodham Clinton. 
Ratline, R-A-T-L-I-N-E. And you can go to there, you can join the group, you can post whatever you find. If you have an article about sex trafficking in your county uh, where there was bad behavior by your sheriff or bad behavior by anybody, uh, you can post it to the HRC Ratline. Fantastic. Okay. And, and, and folks, please, get engaged. Um, we need, uh, as Christians, we need to be involved. We need to be exposing the, the, the deeds of darkness. As conservative Christians, we need to engage in the battle. We need to stand up. And if we don't, who will? And we can make a difference. And that's the other thing, George. You know, it, it, to me, uh, we can make that difference. You've made an incredible difference already by exposing what you have. So everyone can do that. Everyone can do what you're doing, but help you. Everyone can help you and elevate you through their information that they send to you. And, and we need yeah. we need to be involved because we can change. Yeah, this. yeah. There's there's an absolute message of hope here, and it's the, the 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 Google search is the most powerful tool ever invented. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. You couldn't have done it 20 years ago. You have the power that a whole fleet of CIA analysts didn't have 20 years ago. Amen to that. And I, I'll tell you what, I remember doing investigations back in the 80s and uh, the shoe leather I went through. So, as, as opposed to today, it's amazing. Well, my brother, uh, you've, you've actually uh, concluded this, uh, this segment. I just want to say thank you so very much for your gracious gift of time. And thank you for a wonderful investigative work product that you've, uh, you've given to everyone. Your uh, YouTube channel, George Webb, W-E-B-B. And uh, I, I just hope that uh, you'll agree to come back on with us sometime. Absolutely, Doug. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, my friend. And keep on keeping on, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Uh, and I'll send you the link to this particular segmented uh, uh, video, and uh, so you can share it with with your uh, with your group. But uh, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do, brother. Thanks, Jack. All right, all right man. folks. That was George Webb. His his YouTube channel, George Webb W E B B. Just an incredible researcher. And see, this is what we're trying to do with the Hagman and Hagman report. We're trying to bring people. These are. Uh, and, and thank you, John Rob, Robertson. Thank you, sir, for arranging that that interview. Uh, I I want to reach, and sometimes there's just not enough time in the day. But by exposing the deeds of darkness, and I think this is a portion. This is something that that many Christians are averse to for some reason or another, and I just don't quite understand it. Where, yes, you know, we we and, and Pastor Langford's going to be coming on to talk about this. We, we have to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. Certainly, we have to read our Bibles. We have to be in prayer. We have to do that. In fact, Rick Wiles, and I want to thank the, the people who, many, many people, <laughs> my inbox is overloaded here. Um, many people have uh, uh, sent me this urgent from um, Rick Wiles that uh, um, emergency prayer from the body of Christ. Just go to Rick Wiles. Go to True News. Uh, Rick Wiles launches Christian prayer movement to uphold President Trump. You know, as Christians, we need to do exactly that, and we. I, and it's my belief that we need we need to do uh, where possible things like George Webb is doing, things like we're doing, 
if there were a hundred Hagman and Hagmans out there, that would be great. Or maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but if there were a hundred George Webbs out there, a thousand, ten thousand, we can make a difference. But understand this, we are in the fight of our lives right now. You thought maybe we dodged a bullet, and I think we did in the larger sense with, through the election of Trump. But man, if you can't see right now what's taking place, if you can't see that everything that was spoken about, that we talked about last year, and in the weeks and months, and even leading up to today, where we're at today, my source within DHS, affectionately referred to as Rosebud, giving information that this day was on the horizon, the exploitation of the divide in this country by the the, the people uh, behind the scenes. We're there now. We are in a hot war internally. No, no bullets have been fired. But it's a war nonetheless. We have to be sober. We have to be measured. We have to be deliberate. And we have to be tenacious. And you know what else we have to be? We have to be united. I really believe that we have to be united with each other, singleness of purpose, having the righteous uh, will and desire to expose what's going on. We have to stand together, or we will hang separately. And that's nearer than you think. It's here. It really is. Pastor David Langford coming on next. Don't forget, we're in, in Chicago with Pastor Begley, May 5th and 6th. Gonna be right back. Stay right where you're at. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. 
Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Man, am I, it's so great when you're able to just dial a pastor. <laughs> I'm kidding. It, 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 it's great when you're able to, 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 to talk with, or not, not talk with, but listen to America's favorite, America's pastor, my favorite pastor, the official pastor of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Pastor David Langford, and before we bring him on, a couple of announcements. Uh, one is uh, we have actually uh, Pastor Langford has agreed to take your questions once a month. You know, he, Pastor Langford comes on Wednesdays every week and graces us with his time for an hour. And many people, we've we've gotten questions from many people, and instead of forwarding them to uh, Pastor Langford once a month. The, the last Wednesday of the month. In fact, the last Wednesday of this month will be next Wednesday. Pastor Langford will take your questions. We set up an email account for him and stuff. More on that later. Uh, you can check our website, hagmanreport.com, for specifically how that'll, that'll work out. But, um, it, you talk about, you know, the, the value of that. And if you haven't done so already, uh, as we approach this really rocky time that we're in, if you haven't gotten a hold of Revelation 13 Revealed by Pastor David Langford, go to thevoiceofevangelism.com. Just click on the link on our on our uh, uh, the program description and grab a hold of that book. And one more housekeeping uh, piece of housekeeping business. Uh, for information about the week's shows, go to hagmanreport.com. Look for the vintage radio. John did a great job on this. It's usually at the top right. Click on that, and that gives you the week's schedule. That, of course, is an answer to your requests. Uh, and one more thing I want to 
just promote the heck out of T.C. Joseph's This Generation Series of Novels. Go to thisgenerationseries.com. That's thisgenerationseries.com. Or to amazon.com. You want a good read. In fact, a, a fictional account... Uh, in a series of books, there's three books. Book one is Precipice, book two is Pentecost, and book three is Penance. But if you want a good fictional account, if you, if you know somebody who doesn't like to read uh, real factual books, but we'll say faction, books based on current events, and you, they could be used as tools to awaken people to the perilous times in which we live, this is it. ThisGenerationSeries.com. T.C. Joseph, T.C. Joseph, he's a fantastic writer, and we, uh, we, we just, we think the world of, of T.C. Joseph, this generation series of novels, go to thisgenerationseries.com. But having said all of that, Pastor David Langford, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's a great joy to be with you tonight, and we're looking forward to next week. Hopefully we'll get some very intriguing questions. I know oh, sometimes <laughs> I know sometimes people would like to ask a question. Uh, they're afraid to ask it on the air. Uh, it might be embarrassing, but there's another hundred people who have the same question, and hopefully, in this process, we'll be able to answer a plethora of questions uh, concerning biblical biblical issues. Um, and there are so many. You know, I got an email today from a person that's getting a dental implant and they were going to use cadaver bone or bovine bone to help build the structure of the jaw so the implant would you know really take hold and was asking me was there anything biblically against that and of course there's nothing biblically against that but it's amazing the questions that people uh, ask because they don't want to desecrate their body, First Corinthians 3.16, know ye not that you're the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth within you. If any man defile the temple, him will God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So there are a lot of people very conscious of their temple, and more people should be, of course, and not induce things into their bodies that defile it. And that's what Paul was saying, because he said, if you do defile the temple, you're destroying it, and uh, in the end, God uh, can choose to destroy you. I'm not the judge. I just quote his word, and I try my best to live by it. But it just shows you the kind of question that you can get uh, regarding a dental implant. Uh, but They're they wanted to, uh, yeah. 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 So it's a part of life. It's a reality. Hey, I'm glad they can save your teeth now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or if you lose yeah, one, too. they can give you one to take the place of it. <laughs> I, I happen you, to you, have three dental implants. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I've got one. My uh, German Shepherd, actually, uh, when I King, the icon for, uh, he hit me right square. He was running full speed and hit me right in the mouth, knocked the, knocked the the actual front front canine or next to the canine. And boy, uh, yeah, praise God, they're able to to, to fix that up and make it. Yes, look, sir. You know. And you can't tell them apart from real teeth. That's right. Yeah. You know, that crafts to the bone, and uh, it takes a hold, and uh, it's as good as a new one. That's right. But that was a, a question I got today. Wow. Well, well Pastor, we, you know, I've got, to, I've got just got to say this. We are in a war, I believe, If, you, if you, and I know you've watched the news, and it just seems like there is a new, uh, new battlefront or a new uh, field of... Uh, a new front opening every day against the 
Trump administration against the the people trying to change things. And uh, boy, I you know we need prayer. We need to be uh, sober as we approach the times that we're that we're in, or as we live through the times that we're in. But having said all of that, uh, I, I guess I didn't need to say that. But where do you want to start, or what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, there's there's much we can talk about, but let's briefly address what you just mentioned with Trump. I think Steve and I did a program with you back in October, and I made the statement that if we conservatives lost the election, we would retain our civility. We wouldn't riot. You know, we wouldn't burn down buildings and turn over patrol cars. But if they lost, you you could expect a pushback that is untold to anything we have ever seen. Uh, in our lifetimes. And so that's what we're witnessing. The devil does not easily surrender his territory. And in 2012, the Lord gave me the one simple word during my time of prayer and fasting in January of 2012, the word acceleration. And we witnessed a profuse acceleration of sin. And... um things have accelerated in in the aspect of lawlessness and now you have a man that's come and says we're i'm going to be the law and order president and of course i knew because i read the bible satan is territorial satan does not like to surrender any territory that he has conquered he wants dominion that's always been his desire, but he does, he wants dominion and authority and lordship over the earth. That's why he wanted globalism. He wants the Antichrist. He wants this world government, because that's exactly what Christ will have, according to Luke 2, of his government there shall be no end. So this, this, is, this is what Satan wants to try to thwart God's plan in the earth. And, you know, in Mark chapter 5, uh, Jesus met the demoniac at the gatherings. And, of course, he was demon-possessed. And Jesus questioned uh, the demon, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. So it's believed there were about 6,000. A legion in the, in the Roman army was about a, 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 a troop of 6,000 soldiers. So about 6,000 demons. And um, he, the demon besought Jesus that he would not send them away out of the country. And so when you look at that in the scriptural context, they did not want to surrender that part of of the country, the territory that they had conquered or had control of. So we know they besought him that he would suffer them to go into the herd of swine. The swine ran off the, 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 the cliff and uh, actually says they went down a steep place and they were choked in the sea and so you know the rumors got back uh, that what Jesus had done and the Bible said in, in Mark five seventeen, and they the people began to pray him to depart out of their coast they weren't praying to God they were pleading beseeching him imploring him to leave their part of the country because of his divine presence took dominion and authority over that territory, over that land that was demonically controlled. So the people 
Whether they were demon-possessed or not, we don't know, but we know they had to be demonically influenced. Or why else would you request and pray for Christ to depart out of their coast or out of their territory? Because those demons, of course, did not want to relinquish that, and the people, for whatever reason, did not want him to be lord over that territory. So this is what we're happening, we're witnessing in Washington right now. I've I've said it for years, D.C. does not stand for District of Columbia. It means demonically controlled. That's a little pun, little joke there, folks. But it is demonically controlled. So we're seeing the insiders. We saw that last week. I think her name was Yates. Or two weeks ago, the assistant attorney general, who would not, you know, yeah, she would not honor the executive order because she is a Obamanite. Um, and, And this is what's happened. I said this in the beginning. The Lord showed me in Matthew chapter 13, Obama has sown the tares and he's went his way. He has sown the tares, he has gone his way, and now... This all has to be dealt with. It, it reminds me, I did a funeral some years ago. Uh, my my church clerk, her husband committed suicide, and they wouldn't take his body out of the house till I got there, the police, the detectives, and the uh, ambulance. And uh, so I, I was actually on the golf course when my wife called me and said, you, you've got to come home now. I said, why? She said, you just got to come home. I said, why? I'm on the ninth hole. Why do I have to come home now? She said, Larry, Joyce's husband has committed suicide. You must come home now. So I stopped, went home, took a very quick shower, got to the house, and they removed his body from the house. And so that was on Friday. The next morning, we were in the kitchen, and I made a statement. I said, now, I'm going to be misunderstood here profusely, but I'm willing to suffer the consequences because I have to deal with this. I'm called in now to deal with this. I have no part of this in the natural. You're not my family. Larry didn't attend my church. His wife did, but he didn't. I said, but I'm going to make a statement, and I know it's going to offend some, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Suicide is the greatest act of selfishness that's ever been put upon the shoulders of anyone. And immediately, uh, the daughter-in-law spoke up. She said, that's a lie. That's a lie. Larry was not selfish. I said, I knew I would be mistaken in my words, misinterpreted. I said, but look at us. We're all sitting here at the kitchen table this morning. Just less than 24 hours ago, we cleaned up the blood, the brains. You know, got the house where it's, it's recognizable again. There's no cemetery plot. There are no funeral arrangements. There is nothing at all prepared. And we got to bury this man. And they come to find out he had taken a second mortgage out on the home, which was dumped on his wife. And so he's gone, and we're all left with this. And I'm left having to deal with it as a pastor. Help to secure a cemetery plot help make arrangements with the funeral home. There's People have no idea what a bona fide pastor goes to. All you guys out there that got your little microphones, your little websites, and you've never had to deal with this, don't, don't try to tell me anything about ministry and pastoring until you've done it. 
I loathe every eavesdropping website bam buffoon that's out there who thinks you know about ministry. You don't know anything about ministry. Because when this kind of stuff is dumped on you, it's unfathomable what has to happen in 72 hours. You, you know, you've got to get this done. I've had, I've bought cemetery plots because we couldn't, the, the people were so poor they didn't have a plot. You know, and boy, you talk about used car salesmen, go to the funeral home under this duress and watch those guys shake you down for caskets. Well, now this casket is this price, and this casket is this price, and this casket is this price. And they got them from, you know, pine boxes to Cadillacs. And they force you into making a. You have to make a decision. It's, it's not like, you know, uh, give me give me a week to think about this. Like buying a house. Give me time. No, you you have to respond immediately. Well, I should say react. It's not a response. You have to react because of the problem. But my point is, all of this is the off scouring of the Obama administration, and these people are infested in this government. And this is why, and I'm doing it every day, I am praying for Donald Trump. In 1994, 1995 of November, I forget which year it was, Yikshot Rabin was assassinated. A 22-year-old college student got up behind him and shot him in the back with a 22 pistol. Doug, how did that happen? Infiltration. Absolutely. Embedded, Embedded assets or embedded operatives. That does not happen with the Mossad. I've been over there. I've been to Masada. I've been up to the mountain where these men take their initiation. That was the last fortress for Israel before they were ultimately destroyed. And that's where they go for their crowning or whatever you want, their award after they go through all their procedures of learning to be an agent. So you know that somebody, somebody really failed the man intentionally on purpose to let a 22-year-old assassin get close enough to behind him to shoot him in the back with a 22 caliber pistol. I mean, you you just got to open a door that's unbelievable to let that happen. Well, this is my concern, and, I, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, you know more about this than I do, Doug. I, I think Trump kept part of his personal detail on, right? Yes, he's got a Praetorian guard, so to speak. Um, without giving too much away, that there he's done some things. This, the in fact, the um, head of the Secret Service uh, under Obama just resigned. Well, I'll just say resigned because okay. that's how it's being portrayed. Yeah, but he's got some. I, I, I don't want to encroach on you and, and, and what you know, but the point is, he was wise to not trust that entire entity. I'm telling you, I don't think people, the American citizens, have no idea how corrupt this nation is. I I think we just look at politicians as car salesmen and slick talkers. Folks, we're talking about world dominion governments and the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Life is so insignificant in the satanic sphere and realm to, to accomplish what Lucifer desires to accomplish. Some people get mad when I say Lucifer. That was his name before his fall. They get mad at me for using that term. 
why don't I say the devil? Why don't I use Satan? That was his original name, Lucifer, bright, brilliant, shining one. I want you to understand what he was before he fell. He did not lose that authority that he had because he was able to convince one-third of the angelic host to believe he was right. So one-third of the angels followed his lies, his slander, his evil. And, and, you, and you would think, you would think that God would have stopped that. I tell people, you know, and, I, and I'm going to make my Baptist buddies real mad right here, but I love all you Baptist people. I really do. But if God can't keep his own, one of his own archangels, what makes you think he can keep you against your will? If you want to go on out here and commit adultery, get drunk, leave your wife, whatever the case might be, leave your husband. If God could not keep one of his archangels, what makes you think he can keep you against your will? Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen. that was perfect in all of thy ways from the day that that was created until iniquity was found in thee. The first sin was not in the Garden of Eden, it was in heaven. What in the world do you think caused this obliteration of the universe, the cosmos? Everything was destroyed. It, it was an unbelievable, phenomenal event that took place. Jesus said in Luke ten eighteen, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. In the Greek it says, I was standing and I witnessed this confrontation between Lucifer and God the Father, and he was cast out. It was like lightning coming out of heaven. There was just a, 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 an obliteration. The vicissitudes, the cosmos, was just blown to smithereens. And that's the gap in Genesis 1 and 1. And this is where, this is where Satan is trying to take us back. I, 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 uh, I, I wrote about that in the book of Jude. I did a complete exegesis of the book of Jude. And I brought out how when the angels, Lucifers, and, and those fallen angels, they left, the Bible said they left their first estate. In other words, they left their boundaries. You see, God has put bound, God's put boundaries on the ocean. It, only, it just takes a hurricane to move those boundaries, but after the storm passes, the waters go back to the, to the ocean where they belong. God has set all kinds of boundaries. I, I use the word, the phrase, spiritual membranes, is the word I use in the book I did on Jude. And people in their humanity press through these membranes. And that's why you see more and more bizarre, you know, crazy stuff. Um, the other day, Steve Quill and I were on the phone and we were talking and I brought up the acronym LGBT. I said, now they've added a Q to it. And when we were talking, I said, yeah, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. I said, they're going to keep on. They're going to have the whole alphabet used up with letters that are totally satanic because they keep pushing through membranes. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? We have Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, but now because of transgenderism, we're going to put boys into the Girl Scouts? I mean, is that insane or what? And that that, that should tell us, uh, Pastor, in my view anyway, that, that the objective is not equality, but invasion, takeover, and changing rending of the fabric of our of our heritage of our beliefs of our morality and of our spirituality it, it, it what it's the the end line is is to change god's creation and, and it's being tampered with 
in every sense of the word. Think about the things they were doing under Hitler 75 years ago. What in God's name are they doing now? Think of Mm -hmm. what's taking place now, folks. Revelation 11 and 18 says that the nations were angry and thy wrath is come. This is not the great tribulation. This is the time now for God's wrath. God's wrath has come. This is, by the way, the end of the seventh trump. That's the last trump, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 55. This is the last trump. And the nations are angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, that is the righteous dead, that is the redeemed in Christ, that's not the wicked dead, because that would be 1,000 years from that point. And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name. So I tell people, we have fivefold ministries. Ephesians 4.11, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So if the church is pre-tribulation raptor now, why do we still have prophets in the earth? Because they're not, we're not raptured out yet. We're still here. Right. So the prophets and to the saints. And they'll say, well, those are tribulation saints. Well, I don't see the word tribulation in front of the word saints. I see the word the. Not tribulation, but saints. Not tribulation saints. And them that fear thy name, small or great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Now, this is Satan's ultimate goal. And the word destroy there in the Greek literally means to corrupt. Man will become so far, so far out there. And that's why, you know, Steve and the, the, those who study the giants, uh, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be also in the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days of, before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Uh, Luke 24, I mean, Matthew 24, 36. Matthew 24, 37. I'll get it right in a minute. Uh, this is, this is, a, this is where we're going. The, the corruption is, is going to be mind boggling. And this is why you're not going to see some of the things people want to see. You know, you're not going to see gay marriage done away with. I hope Donald Trump can get the Supreme Court to overturn the, uh, redefining of the 14th Amendment, give it back to the states and say, hey, you voted for it once, or let us say, now that we voted, or do we have to vote again? I don't know state law, but do we have to vote again that marriage is between the man and the woman? Give it back to the states. I hope he gives it back to the states on abortion. And, and those things can be overturned. But I'm not looking for them to be overturned because... 2 Timothy 3.13 said, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You know, you're not going to get this thing turned back to a utopia. That'll never happen. See, Romans 1 and 28, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. This is what's taking place. Reprobatism. Uh, I don't even know if that's a word or not, but these people are, 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 yeah, it is now. They are void of judgment. They have no God consciousness. 
Psalms 10, 4, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. They're not going to incorporate God in their cults. I, I know we're close to the break, aren't we? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, this is a good stopping point. Uh, you hit it right on the mark there, Pastor. I'm, tr- I'm trying oh. to be conscious anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, no, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, folks are listening to Pastor David Langford, his site, uh, his website, voiceofevangelism.com. I would urge everyone there. Uh, Revelation 13 Revealed. I forgot about the book of Jude as well. I've got both books. Fantastic works. Insightful. And of course, the media. Uh, the, the Bible on DVD. My goodness. Uh, what a, what just what a marvelous thing to, to experience. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Stay right where you're at. Give us three minutes. We'll be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Uh, folks, I'm going to direct your attention to MasterPreps.com. MasterPreps.com. Wow. Uh, MasterPreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, MasterPreps.com. That's MasterPreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely. Eric's a, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. 
means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Yes, Pastor David Langford. You know, he was talking uh, before the break, Second uh, Timothy two, uh, chapter three, I believe, uh, maybe not. But this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. You know, it, it lays it all out, and, and those people that are looking for a drastic change, as opposed to a reprieve. Well, listen to what Pastor Langford has got to say, please, um, because it's. It's in the Bible. I, I, I do want to mention this. Um, I had referenced earlier, got a couple of emails on this during the break. Uh, in the questions for Pastor Langford the last uh, Wednesday of the month, we'll, we'll, we'll post his email address on, on HagmanReport.com. But for those of you who can't wait, it's Pastor David Langford at Hagman and Hagman.com. I'm not even sure Pastor Langford knows that yet. So, um, it's a little bit premature, but just to reassure everyone, you know, uh, because I know there are a lot of people that really are genuinely, uh, have questions. But enough said on that. Pastor Langford, go ahead and continue, sir. Uh, you are, you are so on point. I quoted from 2 Timothy 3.13. But you already had the mind of the Lord because I wanted to go to Second Timothy three, where you just quoted from, beginning at verse one. Because I want to read, I want to take the people down. I'm going to read this uh, instead of quoting it because I want to. Sometimes I quote too fast because I'm I'm quoting from remembrance versus seeing it uh, on paper. But those that have their Bibles can look at this because I want to, I want to bring something out because most people who have read this passage do not know who Jans and Jambres are. And I'm going to tell you who they are tonight. But uh, 2 Timothy 3, This know also that in the last days perilous or dangerous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, has nothing to do with wetting your bed or your pants. That is, you cannot control your sexual desires. Fierce despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. You have a fish fry, they'll all come out, have a prayer meeting, no one comes out. Having a form of godliness, but denying or rejecting or renouncing the power thereof from such turn away, as a Christian, it's your responsibility to get out of these dead churches who reject the Holy Ghost 
his divine right and privilege to administrate the affairs in the church, to bring conviction into the house of God, to cause grown men to become broken and weep and prostrate themselves in the altar and not to behind some back room and shake a pastor's hand and sign a four by six index card and say, you're saved. This is what Paul is saying. They have a form of godliness. But they deny or they reject, they renounce the power of the Holy Ghost from such turn away. You get away from these people. For as for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, more sexual sin in the church than ever before, because now they've not only had fornication and adultery, extramarital affairs, now you have sodomy ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they're always this is this is a learning knowledgeable generation. You know, uh, the little girl on the uh, phone, Siri. You just ask her anything and she'll tell you the answer. Ever learning, but they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, the truth, Jesus said, is what sets men free. So if you don't have knowledge, if you don't have exact, clear understanding of the meaning, then you can't understand what's actually taking place. We hear all the time, well, you people don't understand. You know, God made me this way. This is, this is who I am. And they don't understand because they don't know the knowledge of the truth. Now, here's where it gets interesting with Paul. The Holy Ghost has unctionized him to bring up two magicians in the days of Moses. Now, as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the truth or concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Now, you have to go back to the seventh chapter of the book of Exodus to, to see what happened with these two men. As Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Now, go back to Exodus chapter 7, verse 9. God is talking, to, uh, is talking to Moses and to Aaron. Exodus 7 and 9. When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then shalt thou say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called also the wise men and the sorcerers now, the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Now, God was trying to demonstrate 
truth in its purest form to Pharaoh. God is trying to show this nation truth in its purest form, but yet people don't want to embrace it. There are those who continue to attack Donald Trump. Here's what I find cynical about that. Who did God use to house, to clothe, and to feed Israel and grow them as a nation and then give them all the gold and the silver and the fine linen? He used Pharaoh. Who did God use to adorn Daniel and put a gold chain around his neck if he could read the handwriting on the wall? Belshazzar. Daniel chapter 5, grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, who at the time was king of Babylon. I don't understand how these people cannot see how that all through history, God has used world leaders, governments that don't even know he exists, and yet he makes them do things for his people. I quote it all the time. But obviously people don't get it. Revelation seventeen seventeen. For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. He told Cyrus, though you do not know me, and, 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 and Isaiah 45, 5 and 6, I have anointed you. You're going to lay the foundations of Jerusalem. He wasn't a Christian. He said, you don't know who I am, but I'm going to use you. You see, people don't even believe the Bible when they read... First Corinthians one twenty six, one twenty seven. How that not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. When I see Donald Trump in the White House, I see a miracle. I know I'll be scoffed, I'll be laughed and ridiculed at that. But if you can't see that, I laugh and I mock you. Because he defeated sixteen Republican candidates. He defeated the entire news industry and media. I mean, this guy was knocked down so many times. I mean, the remarks he made, uh, the 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 uh, gestures he made about the so-called reporter, uh, the potty mouth on the bus, but he still won. He still won. How how do you do that? Well, you got to be. There's got to be somebody greater than Donald Trump behind the scenes that's really pulling the strings. Don't you think Satan wanted his people in the White House that would go ahead and accelerate globalism, a world without borders, bring the Antichrist, the one world government, the mark of the beast? Don't you think Satan wants that? You know, I look back in uh, uh, Luke. Luke's Gospel. No, I believe it's Matthew's Gospel. Um, you remember the Magi? The, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 2, the Magi. They stopped by and they visit with Herod on their way to find the Messiah. And uh, he called them, you know, and inquired of them, uh, you know, when did you see the star, etc., etc.? When did all this take place? And um, they said, well, we, you know, we think it's down toward Bethlehem. He said, well, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you find him, he said, now bring me word that I may come and worship him also. Well, they left. They departed. They followed the star. No doubt they came to Bethlehem, and they offered up gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
But then look what God did. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Well, God knew what was going to happen. So he gives Joseph a dream. and says, you must arise, you must take the young child, you must go down into Egypt. Now God made provision for Joseph and Mary and Jesus with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That was their monetary means of travel and of paying their bills and getting to where they needed to get. Well, guess what? Herod saw he was mocked. And the Bible said he was exceedingly wroth. And he sent forth and he slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had inquired of the wise men. And of course there was weeping and that was the fulfillment of Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen. In Ramah there shall be a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. So then God had to wait for Herod to die. Now God could have killed him. I don't, I don't know why God does things the way he does it, but he's God, so I'm just going to try to be led by the Spirit and not worry about why he does it the way he does it. So God waited till Herod died, and then Joseph has another dream. And he says, take the young, man, the young child and his mother and go to Israel, for they that saw his life, uh, they're dead. And so he arose and he went back home. And, and, and my point is, God does it his way, whether I like it, whether you like it, it doesn't matter. And we never know who God's going to use. I mean, let's face it, uh, Hillary Clinton was coronated. She, she, she was going to be the president of the United States, no doubt, no reservation. It was just, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And, and, and everybody believed that, you know. I'll have to admit, as a Christian, I pled with God. I begged God, please do not let this woman become the president. I had my doubts. I had my reservations. I really did. I was believing God. But sometimes, as Christians, we, we, we lack the faith. We pray, just like Rhoda uh, and, and, and her house and Peter in Acts chapter 12. You know, they're praying, God get Peter out of prison. The angel goes and delivers Peter out of prison. And then when he's knocking there at her door, the, the damsel comes and she says, Hey, Peter's at the door. And they said, oh, no, no, that's not Peter. That's, that's, his, that's, his, that's, his, that's a ghost. That's his, that's his spirit. I mean, he, he's not there. But he, he continued uh, uh, to knock at the door. I said ghost. It, it actually says it's his, his angel. But they don't believe he's there. But they're praying, God, get him out of prison. So God got him out. He's standing there at the door knocking, and he's, he's consistently, you know, uh, knocking and, and they keep saying, no, no, it's, it's not him. It can't be him. But it was. So even the early church grappled and struggled, struggled in their own prayer life in believing God to answer their prayers. Um, you know, one of the first verses of Scripture I ever memorized was Mark eleven twenty four. 
Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's the key. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. We pray a lot of times, but we don't, we don't believe we're going to receive. We pray for our daily bread. We pray for our children. We pray for our families. We pray for our health. But I know in my own heart, I mean, I'm going to be transparent. Sometimes I know I haven't believed like I should have believed. You know, it's kind of, Lord, I'm praying. I, I just hope you're going to come through. I just I just hope you'll do this. I, I believe, you know, but by saying it with my mouth, but I'm not believing in my heart. You know, I tell people all the time, it's amazing how Christians can sit there tonight listening to us, and they believe if they died right now, they'd go to heaven. They just know, they'd say, I know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. But yet they wonder, will God give me food for tomorrow? Will God get me through tomorrow? Will I survive tomorrow? And, you know, that's why there's there's power in our words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And uh, we need to be more positive. Uh, and I'm not naming it, claiming it, grab it, you know, slab it, whatever, you know, you, 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 that prosperity garbage is not real. Yeah, because Jesus said the poor, in John 12 and 8, he said the poor you have with you always, but me you, you don't have always. Uh, so he gave one man ten talents, one man five talents, one man one talent. God does not bless people the same. God does not give people the same gifts. God does treat people different. Does God discriminate? He sure does. I know that makes people mad, but God does discriminate. He discriminates relative to salvation. You say, you've got to be kidding me. When he said in John fourteen six, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, no man come unto the Father but by me, is that discrimination? You better believe it is. He's telling you, you're not going through Allah. You're not going through Muhammad or Krishna or Hinduism or Shintoism or whatever ism. You're not getting to me in any other way. So you'd say, well, God discriminates. He sure does. He sure does. Do you know out of all the the books, like uh, the, the, the Quran, none of them have a story of a Savior in redemption. They don't tell you They'll, they'll tell you, well, you know, my, 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 the Book of the Mormons, mine is true. Uh, the Quran, mine is true. Whatever, whatever they're advocating. But none of them talk about a Savior, about a Redeemer, somebody who paid their sins debt. Nobody does that but the Bible, the Word of God. That's, that's, that's one of the great ways we know the truth is in the Holy Writ of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lamb of God. There was provision made. You know, even under the Ten Commandments, I tell people, you'll, you'll never find redemption in those Ten Commandments. You just find the law and the guiltiness, the blood guiltiness, whatever it might be, you're just guilty, 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 guilty. But we knew that was a parenthetical temporary time ordained of God because Hebrews chapter 9 verse 10 which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation what is a reformation 
It means when you correct something, you amend something, or you make something right. So what he did with the old covenant, he corrected it, he amended it, and he made it right, which means he made it righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ, and says, now I'm going to do away with the Old Testament, with the Old Covenant. I'm bringing you into a New Testament, into a New Covenant. And this will really make some people mad. Hebrews 9, 16, 17. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Everyone listening to me that has a, has a, 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 a will, that's called your last will and testament. You have an executor. Did you know if that executor does not fulfill your will, that executor can be put in jail? I know I've been one. And I were some things I questioned, and the attorney said, David, they can put your little butt in jail if you don't execute this according to this document. And so I said, I better get in line because I don't want to go to jail over the execution of an estate, a will. But here's the key. Paul said, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So for a, for a will to come to fruition, the testator has to die. See? And then that person, this executor, goes to the courthouse, and the clerk of court authorizes them to exercise acts, deeds, works in behalf of the decedent. They get letters of testamentary, where you say, okay, I got a close this checking account. I've got to sell these stocks. I've got to sell these bonds. I, I've got to go uh, sign this title to give to a relative. And these are called letters of testamentary. That's what I call the New Testament. They're letters of testamentary. Tells you how to do, how to live, how to live for God, etc. So here's what Paul says in verse 17, Hebrews 9, 17. For a testament is of force after men are dead. When the man or the woman dies, that letter has force. It has power. It has authority. It has dominion. It has lordship. Why? Because it was written, signed by the decedent, and notarized. It is, it is an act. It's in force. But it only came into force after the person dies. Once they died, now that speaks in behalf of the decedent. It's their voice talking. Here's what I want you to do. So Paul says, for a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Because the person could take the will and say, while they're living, I'm taking you out, pal. I'm writing you out, and I'm writing somebody else in. I'm on it. You know that shotgun you wanted? I'm giving it to your first cousin. How you like that, big boy? I mean, I've seen all this stuff in my life as a pastor. I've seen it all. And just have war in the family. But here's what this means. God said, I'm going to give you a New Testament. So Jesus had to die for the New Testament to be a force. 
For a testament is of force after men are dead. The testament, the New Testament was sealed with the shedding of his blood. Otherwise, this New Testament was of no strength at all while the testator, Jesus, was alive. So he died, he sealed this reformation, corrected, amended, made right through his blood. But here's what's exciting about the resurrection. He says, I'm coming back, and I'm going to make sure it's fulfilled to the letter. Now, there's no human being can do that. Once the decedent is passed, they don't get to come back. I, I could tell you some sad stories. Uh, I'll, I'll share one tonight, how a father told one of his sons, I know I've given you more stocks than your brother. But I've given your brother more cash than I've given you. But you have more money, value, and stocks. So at my demise, I want you to turn around and give part of those stocks to your brother. And the stocks were in the one brother's name and his daddy's name. In North Carolina, you have the right of survivorship. So when the father died... The son that had the stocks did not have to give them away, and he did not give his brother part of those stocks because he said, North Carolina law says right of survivorship, it's all mine. I don't have to obey the will. Because the law overrode the will because that's North Carolina law. If a husband dies in North Carolina and his wife's living, she gets everything that's in their estate without any contesting whatsoever. And I told the gentleman, I said, you know what? I've lost all respect for you. He said, why is that? I said, the very last thing your dad asks you to do, you're dishonoring him. You're dishonoring your father's petition. I don't have to because the North Carolina law says I'm right of survivorship. I said, but his will, his will said to give him a portion of those so the, the dividing of the estate would be equal. But he wouldn't do it. So the great thing about Christ is, not only has he given us a New Testament, and it is off force because he did die, he rose again the third day and says, whether you go by it or not, I'm still going to execute righteous judgment at the end of the day for every man. So whether you abide by my words in the New Testament or not, it means nothing to God. Now, we should want to abide by them. We should want to embrace them, but we don't have to. But at the end, you're going to stand before the great testator who gave the testament and last will and say, why did you not follow my words in this testament? And that's why every man will be on level ground at the, at the judgment seat of Christ, the, the Christians. Now, the sinners, in Revelation 20, he looks in the book of life. Their names he knows is not there. He goes through the book. Their names are not there. They enter into what's known as the second death. That's the second death. And uh, they will be raised from the dead, judged, and then sentenced to the second death, cast into the lake of fire. And now they will burn forever. And if the false prophet and the Antichrist have already been in, in the lake of fire for a thousand years, and, and they've not been burned up yet, uh, there is no liberation, there is no annihilation. There's eternal punishment. If you don't believe that, you need to go to the 66th chapter of the book of Isaiah, and look at verse 24. 
God is going to allow men in the earth to look into the abyss and see people in hell. Isaiah 66, 24, they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm, the worm speaks of the conscience, shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrent unto all flesh. Don't tell me they burn up. If they do, Isaiah lied to us, God lied to us. What a horrible sight to look over into the abyss and see all the carcasses of the men that transgressed God and didn't make it right. It's terrible. Wow. Wow. Terrible. The, yeah. It's, you, you know, Pastor, every time you come on, I, I you, you provide me with a greater, I don't want to say understanding, but a greater reverence to the Bible. And I don't know if that's your intent, but that certainly is the Doug, consequence. My, my intent... And I get this all the time. People talk about how my ministry brings conviction into their consciousness. It's not me, the man. It's the Spirit of God in me and the Word of God that I advocate and appropriate. That's what affects you. I, I'm just mm-hmm. like you. I got sworn to put my pants on just like you did. It's the Word of God and the Holy Ghost that touches people's hearts and moves them in the right direction. I can't move you. But but the Word of God and the Holy Spirit moves men, moves men. That's why before Jesus did anything, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the bodily form of a dove. It didn't say a dove lighted upon him. It said the bodily form of a dove. The Holy Ghost manifest himself in the shape of a dove and lighted upon Jesus. That's why he was anointed so he could do what he was called to do in John three thirty four. said he was given the Spirit without measure. You couldn't measure how much Holy Ghost he had. He was without measure. But we are limited of, of our natural flesh. But he had no limitations, praise God. Praise God indeed. Pastor, thank you so very much for your gift of time. Until next week, folks, God bless. And, and, and please pray on the words of Pastor Langford, the message. Uh, thank you, Pastor. God yes, sir. Keep Donald Trump covered in blood. I'll see you next week. God bless you all. Good night. Folks, that'll do it for us tonight. God bless until tomorrow. And hit your knees tonight. Keep Donald Trump, our nation, our brothers and sisters in prayer.